You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the Virtual Matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whooper of sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am JJ Sexy Claus. Good evening and welcome to another edition, the final edition of Unplugged in the year 2010. What a great year we've had on the network. Thanks, Santa. I'll take it from here. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy, and the last official show the live show anyway for me this year is tonight i mean obviously tomorrow i'll be getting together with my partner the trade dog we'll be taping the christmas craptacular and then monday we've got a best of show that's going to air in place of a live uh, wrestling news live so officially the last show for me live of this year and it couldn't have come at a better time. I'm ready for a vacation. I love you motherfuckers, don't get me wrong. But I have been doing radio for, I guess, about six straight days now. And uh, a much-needed rest will be had. Time with the family. Time to recharge my collective batteries. Come up with more new and creative things in 2011 on the SNS Radio Network. Um, a lot to talk about tonight. Again, this is the final show of the year. Uh, we are scheduled to have Armando Alejandro Estrada joining us tonight on the program. Uh, of course, I'm fixing to go down the SmackDown recap what happened live tonight on the USA Network. Seemed to me like it was Raw Part 2. They just carried over last night's show, basically. Um, Chris Kelly from Headlocks to Headlines will be joining me to discuss the news of the week. And in the second segment tonight, when we break down the video games, I will be reviewing the latest downloadable content package for SmackDown vs. Raw 2011, the pack that features Wade Barrett, Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, Lex Luger, 
the British Bulldog, and the NXT Arena, and a bunch of shitty moves. But we'll get into that much later on. I guess we'll go ahead and start things off. Let's talk a little bit about SmackDown. So we start things off on SmackDown tonight with a little match between Randy Orton, the Viper, and, of course, the WWE Champion, a non-title match to start SmackDown off. Of course, Alex Riley is uh, at ringside with The Miz. Very good match back and forth. Uh, At one point, it looked like Randy Orton was going to get the win as he hit the, uh, the RKO on The Miz, was setting up for a punt kick, Alex Riley interfered at that point, got RKO'd. Uh, basically, the match came down to a disqualification as The Miz uh, took tail and ran. And, you know, I, unfortunately for me, I was unable to watch the show on my television set because I'm in Canada. And usually SmackDown and Raw air on the score network. Well, tonight on the score, there was a, a college game in progress. So, unfortunately... I was unable to watch the show on my television, but I did procure a stream, of course, through Justin.tv. And uh, unfortunately, my kids are upset because, well, they didn't get to watch the show, but I guess they get to wait till Friday when they can watch it. So um, good outing right here. Uh, Being in the Justin.tv chat room, it never ceases to amaze me. The people that go in there. I mean, these have to be some of the most uneducated people I have ever seen in my life. Talking about how The Miz is the worst thing since, you know, sliced bread. That he has no business being the champion. He's not even average. Oh, look, The Miz got a lost by disqualification. I guess some people just don't understand that that's what a heel does. Especially one like The Miz that's a cowardly heel. But I digress. At least I know when I look in my chat room, I don't have to deal with that. You guys are smart enough to know what's going on. It's crazy. That's why we're for the fans, by the fans, right? Anyway, Randy Orton goes over with a disqualification on The Miz. Decent match, but again, I felt like I saw it last night on Raw. And, um, you know, I mean, that's pretty much where we go from here. Next up, they, uh, <laughs> they do a segment with The Big Show, Hornswoggle, and Rosa Mendez. Uh, basically, The Big Show comes out and does his little... Uh, Twas the night before Christmas thing that I guess Hornswoggle had wrote. And uh, he had some choice words for Hornswoggle at one point when Hornswoggle said, man, look at the Big Show, he's fat, and what he wrote, and Big Show read it out, which was funny. The chair the Big Show sat in initially broke too, which was funny. Um, so they had the little, the they had the scenario where both Rosa Mendez and, and Hornswoggle were trying to pull the Big Show up. 
And so they get him another steel chair, and he recites the poem. And then they decide, uh, as they're leaving, because Hornswoggle has to go to the bathroom, they're going to start giving out gifts to the people at ringside. Well, this is interesting, but they're only giving out to one side of the ring. And I thought, why is that? Well, the answer to my question came very, very soon. As Hornswoggle was still in the ring, Cody Rhodes, from behind, the section where the presents were not being handed out, uh, attacks Hornswoggle. Big Show notices what's going on and attempts to save Hornswoggle, but Cody Rhodes dashes out of the ring. See what I did there? That's pretty good. He dashes out of the ring and uh, runs his ass backstage. So it seems that this confrontation before Big Show and dashing Cody Rhodes, well, it's not over just yet. So let's see. Next up, we have a, a nice video package for Tribute to the Troops, which, if you didn't know, is going to re-air tomorrow night on the USA Network if you missed it Saturday. So three nights of WWE programming back-to-back. Can you stand it? It's crazy. So next up, we go to a backstage segment, Todd Grisham standing by with Beth Phoenix, and they basically talk about her injury or her lack of an injury uh, that nasty bump that she took at TLC where I personally thought she might have broken her neck. Um, evidently, she's fine. Well, we get Santino and Vladimir Kozlov walking to the back, and Santino uh, expresses his you know, undying affection for Beth Phoenix since they were once an item and basically wants to get a kiss from Beth Phoenix and make sure that she's all right. And Beth says, well, Santino, aren't you with Tamina on Raw? And uh, Santino says, yes, uh, but this is a smackdown. And uh, what happens on the smackdown stays on the smackdown, which I thought was quite funny. So she ends up kissing Vladimir Kozlov, which makes Santino very upset with, uh, with Kozlov. And uh, so that's kind of where that segment ends. So match number two of the night, we have Santino Morella accompanied to the ring by Vladimir Kozlov taking on poor Chavo Guerrero, who thankfully still has a job but is regulated to doing the Zack Ryder job of the night segment every week on SmackDown. The last few weeks he's had tag team partners, but tonight it was uh, Santino Morella taking on Chavo Guerrero in a one-on-one match. Match did not last long, of course. You know, Chavo did set up the three amigos. Uh, Santino blocked the third one, hits a jawbreaker, and then sets up for the Cobra and gets the three count. So winner of that match, obviously, Santino Morella. Next up, we have the new World Heavyweight Champion, Edge, in the ring, uh, cutting a promo, basically talking about everything that's been going on the last couple of weeks. Um, I almost felt like Edge was going to do a retirement speech. That, that's kind of how it came out to me, that you know he felt like the TLC has shortened his career. It shortened every guy in that match's career, that he's hurting from head to toe. And you know he talks about winning the Tag Team Championship with Christian, his best friend growing up. He talks about winning the Intercontinental Championship. And then he goes on to talk about the World Championship, but is interrupted by the big red machine, Kane. And uh, Edge says, you know what? Come on down to the ring, and we'll do this right now for the title. So Kane starts to meander down to the uh, down the rampway to the ring and then changes his mind at the last minute, kind of laughing at, uh, at Edge and basically uh, walks off. So... He says that, uh, Kane says that he'll be taking him on, I believe, at the Royal Rumble. It's only a matter of time before he gets 
his World Heavyweight Championship back, but he'll do it on his terms when he is ready. So then, of course, they show the footage, the infamous footage now, of Wade Barrett and John Cena from TLC. The, what's the best way to put this? The really lame, put a, uh, the really lame way to get buried by chairs. There you go. That's that, the only way I know to really talk about it. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I know there was symbolism behind it, but it was just stupid. The fact that you would put that cart over top of Wade Barrett and then pull all those down, knowing that that has nothing to do with damaging Wade Barrett in any way, other than you know making a little bit of noise on top of the, uh, it, it just it bothers me. I, you know, sometimes I feel like I think we're stupid. So match number three, we've got Drew McIntyre taking on Caval. Um, Drew attacks Caval as he enters the ring. Referee starts the match. Referee checks on Caval. And in the end, I mean, we're talking very quickly, Drew hits the Future Shock DDT, gets the three count. Your winner, Drew McIntyre. Your loser, jobbing in about two minutes' time, Caval. Imagine that. So next up, we, uh, we come back from the break, and the commentators are talking about the TLC match. They show a still of Alberto Del Rio being pushed off the 20-foot ladder uh, where he basically plummeted through the tables on the outside of the ring. This was uh, a very interesting little setup. They talk about how Alberto Del Rio, they think, is going to be a champion rather uh, sooner rather than later, uh, which sets up for our next match, a tag team contest. Alberto Del Rio and Jack Swagger taking on the team of Rey Mysterio and Kofi Kingston. This was a pretty long match, and it went a little bit. A lot of spots in this one. Probably the most... Uh, the most notable spot in this was that Swagger and Del Rio were on the outside. Ray and Kofi collectively on each side of the ring jump out and do crossbodies on both Swagger and Del Rio, um, which looked really good for TV, I might add. But, of course, the ending came when uh, Kofi hits Trouble in Paradise on Swagger, Ray hits the springboard dive onto Swagger, and Pins him for the three count. So your winners, Rey Mysterio and Kofi Kingston. Um, once again, they're showing more footage of the waterfall of chairs, as it's been called, falling down on Wade Barrett. As if we, you know, hadn't heard about it enough tonight. Then we see another backstage promo with Drew McIntyre once again talking to Kelly Kelly, saying that even though he goes out and hurts people in the ring, he would never hurt Kelly Kelly and walks away. Again, this is kind of bizarre. I'm not really sure where they're going with this, but I guess in time we will find out exactly where Drew McIntyre and Kelly Kelly goes. Uh, next up, we're setting up for the fifth and final match, the main event of the night. Uh, basically, we have Vicky stretching in the backstage area with Dolph entering her office. He helps her stretch. They kind of get into it a little bit. Um, so we go to the intro with Vicky and Dolph Ziggler. Of course, John Cena makes his grand appearance. And I have to admit, this was a fantastic match. I know that a lot of people in the Justin chat room thought the match was boring. They couldn't stand the match. I thought for everything that we saw last night with John Cena and Dolph Ziggler, they did just as much tonight to elevate Ziggler and really make him out to be a breakout star. When you're putting him in matches with a guy like John Cena, and he's getting the offense and the defense 
that he was getting against a guy like Cena. That's only telling you that it looks like he's in store for uh, for good things on his collective brand. Um, most notable spot for me in this match, John Cena goes for the attitude adjustment. Dolph Ziggler gets out of it, hits the Famouser. Goes for the pin, but Cena kicks out. Of course, in the end, John Cena sets up like he's going to uh, put the attitude adjustment on Vicky Guerrero because she interferes in the match. Dolph Ziggler comes back in, gets attitude adjusted by John Cena. One, two, three. Winner of the match in a very good match. Match of the night on uh, on the SmackDown brand tonight. John Cena, Dolph Ziggler. And I'm telling you, there is a future for Dolph Ziggler as a main event talent. It's just a matter of time. So, uh, basically, that was your SmackDown recap for tonight. You know, obviously the crowd went home happy with John Cena getting the win. So, if I had to give this a letter grade, I'd give it a solid B+. It was kind of lacking in some areas, but I don't think it was a bad show. So, I'm going to give it a B+. Again, I really enjoyed the main event. I even thought that um, the tag team match with with uh, Swagger and Del Rio and Kofi and Ray came off pretty well. I mean, lots of spots going on there, but, you know, I mean, that's that's what WWE is now is spots. So B-plus for me. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, make sure you catch the replay. Um, let's go ahead and move on. I know we're, we're kind of cutting it close here. We've got a lot of a lot of things to do in a short amount of time. So uh, we're going to go to the phone lines, 501-588-7957. Joining me on the broadcast from headlockstoheadlines.com, Chris Kelly, what's going on tonight, buddy? Um, I know I, I I had a good day. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that they did, that, that they did update the uh, PSN here in England, so I can't get the Nexus. But you'll talk about that later on. Um, you know what? I agree with you ent- entirely about them over overselling the, the uh, Wade Barrett chair uh, spot. That's all they've yes, done. It was that, that's all they've done. Like the, since it happened, I mean, they show it to you every five minutes. It wasn't even that great a spot. I'm sorry. It just. I don't know. It was a good spot originally. Originally, it was a good spot. Yes, because yes, it it was him burying Barrett with chairs. But I would prefer to have them sh- like put over the fact that John Morrison and Seamus went through hell and back. That is how you get over a feud. You keep showing it over and over again. The Barrett Cena feud is over. Why not show the clips of a feud that needs to be put over? Not 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 one that is over. And I would agree with you. I mean. Is it, it, is that, is that making any sense? No, no, it, it does. I, I see what you're saying. So tonight, as you saw, there were quite a few Raw superstars on SmackDown, and last night there were quite a few SmackDown people on Raw. Basically, the brand split will be blurred into WrestleMania, thus making the brand split pointless. And in my opinion, it would be best if they just do, just do away with the uh, brand split. It, it, it does nothing to really... It, like, it's not as big as it was back in the day. Like back when, like it, it used to be such a big thing when someone would show up on the, the different brand. Just get rid of it and just have everyone appear, appear on every show, and that way you could literally build storylines every day instead, instead of waiting for weekly uh, weekly shows to build storylines. Yeah, uh, I agree. Speaking of storylines, apparently, uh, as for tonight, CM Punk John Cena feud is on. Um, that feud will apparently be a WrestleMania match since CM Punk is not actually yet fully overhealed from his injury. So look forward to CM Punk versus John Cena at WrestleMania. 
Um, oh, wow, you know, I, I, I totally forgot to bring that up, that CM Punk did attack John Cena. What am I thinking? Yes, CM wow. Punk did jump John Cena and end the match. For, for the second um, night in a row. So yeah, speaking of last night, Raw, last night's Raw did a 3.3 ratings with 5.1 million viewers. So I'm guessing that's up from, from last week. Uh, apparently, tr- uh, Triple H will now be taking uh, will, will be taking control of TV tapings in the upcoming weeks, which which is what he did back when WWE were over here in England. So look forward to a change in how the TV programs come along with, with Triple H being in charge of the show. Um, I'm pretty sure you bring this up last night on uh, Wrestling News Live, but I know that some people were confused about the spot with a lay call uh, falling off the top rope and not breaking the table. Apparently, that was the plan the whole time. That the finish was actually was meant to be uh, Natty doing the crossbody through the uh, table. Um, down in, down in, in FCW, uh, Shao Guerrero, the daughter of 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 Eddie Guerrero, has now debuted. Uh, she got mixed reviews. So it'd be quite interesting to see how they bring her up. Now, JJ, what what do you think was match of the year for for 2010? Well, uh, that's a tough one. You know, if I had to base it, I mean, I, I really enjoyed, and I mean, I really enjoyed Michael's Undertaker just for the for the simple story behind it, for everything that they put behind that match. It wasn't as good as the previous year, but to me, I would say it would either be that one. Or I would even go so far as to say Miz versus Daniel Bryan for the U.S. Championship back at, what was it, Night of Champions? Well, over on WWE.com, they have a fan-controlled um, list of uh, of uh, matches. And the match that is, number, that is joint number one is uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels is tied with Daniel Bryan and uh, Dolph Ziggler from Bragging Rights. Really? And I don't, yeah, and I don't believe I don't really remember that match that match pretty well. But apparently, it's tied for match of the year. It was it was a decent match. I don't remember it being like that good, but I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah, what else do we have? Uh, uh, Goldust has shut down rumors that he's upset about WWE not not pushing his book of tour on Raw. He said that he that he is happy with promoting it on YouTube and Facebook. Um, he said that he's sick of the dirt sheets reporting uh, false uh, reports, and that he does not really need the WWE to, to push it. Which I think is kind of asinine because you do need WWE to push your your book if it's going to be fantastic. Well, that's what they do. Yes. Well, uh, a bit of TNA news. Apparently, Hulk Hogan has now signed into into, into a hospital in Tampa to have surgery on his back one more time. You know, what? Back. you know what, Hulk Hogan, within six months, and I hate to say this because I don't have any ill will toward Hogan. I mean, I'm not a big fan of what he's done in TNA. But at the rate he's going, like his spine is probably degenerating really badly. And I wouldn't be surprised if within six months to a year, he's in a wheelchair on a permanent basis. And I don't, I don't want to see that happen to the guy. But every time we turn around, he's in the hospital getting back surgery. So this is not good for him at all yeah and it's and like it's quite a shame to see a legend like hulk hogan now basically uh, going back every two weeks for a uh, back surgery so we we have we had to hope and pray that hulk hogan doesn't come too uh, um unwell with this 
because as much as people might not like him, they have to respect him, and a back uh, issues is is something that could basically change your life. Uh, that's actually all the news I've got for this week, and I, and I just got a tweet from our guest for tonight saying that apparently the phone lines are busy, so he can't call in. Tell him to call in. I think he I called. I think he called like five minutes ago, and I know who it was. Remember, I've got people calling in to to do Christmas craptacular stuff too. Yeah. So, um, do you have any news that we can talk about until he goes back in? Um. No. Let's just let, let's bullshit, man. I mean, we can do that. If that's the news, that's the, I don't have anything. I could. So yes, as you brought up SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler. Okay, he is getting one hell of a push. Like, if if they didn't want uh, Ziggler to be a tall star, they would have had him jobbed out to Cena. But now, this is now two nights in a row where he's taken WWE Champion to, to the limit in a single match. Right. And this guy has potential. So I'm willing to bet within a year he will be within the world title picture. I think so. I, I think that, uh, and I know Trey and I have talked about this in the past, I think Ziggles is majorly in line for a push. Yeah, and to think that he went from being a, a spirit school member to being this, it just shows you how a, how a slight gimmick change, or not a slight one, but a big gimmick change, can change a, a wrestler's career. Because when he was back at the spirit school, I thought, yeah, this won't last long. But you have to tip your hat to WWE Creative for changing his gimmick and basically getting him o- over as much as he is. I agree. Um... Uh, do you know what? I was quite depressed that we didn't get to see uh, Lay Cool tonight. I know they ate some wood last night, but it's still it's still being called to uh, see to see Lay Cool on on SmackDown. It's still what? It still would have been cool to see Lay Cool on SmackDown this past week or earlier. It would have been cool. Like maybe maybe they were se- maybe they were selling the injuries, and if they are, they are the only people that that were because uh, that that was one thing that bugged me on SmackDown. On Raw, how Sheamus and John Morrison didn't really sell the injuries like visually at all. Like I would expect uh, Sheamus to walk out with like flipping like a band around his wa- around his waist and his stomach. Jermo to walk around with, like out with a cast on his ankle. So visually, they, they they didn't really sell the injuries. If if you ask me. Right. So that's one thing that's kind of annoyed me, but cause, like. If if you want to get over this epic match that that, that they had at a pay per view, at least have them banged up and at least show them at least show the highlights of the match on TV instead of re-showing the John Cena waterfall chairs spot over and over again. Well, you know, again, this is this has been the big story, Curly. I mean, so I, I expect them to do that. I mean, you, you've got to think John Cena has been what a member of the Nexus for how long now, and that's been something that they've been pushing to the moon. That he's been, you know, against his will, being the slave of Wade Barrett and the Nexus. He's taken all this punishment from these guys, and so this is this is his way of getting his retribution. So I mean, this is this is the big ending to the year, the big ending to the storyline. So they're going to promote the crap out of this. That's why it was the main event of the TLC pay per view because it was John Cena and the end of this feud. And they're still talking about is the Nexus done? Well, does anybody really think that they're done? They'd be kind of stupid, don't you think? I think they might just go, might just move over to SmackDown because they are being promoted for SmackDown house shows in January. 
Yeah, but why so, would you do that? I mean, that would be stupid to move them to SmackDown. I mean, they've been, they, they've been so dominant on Raw, it would be like, oh, John Cena beat us. Let's pack our tail between our legs and move on. Yeah, but like, if 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 they wanted to book book the next is strong, wouldn't they ha- wouldn't they have had him come out on Raw and just basically destroy Cena? No, because they're they're healing from injuries. I mean, if he took every member of the Nexus out, and then Wade Barrett is quote unquote supposedly injured from the TLC match, then it might be a few weeks. But when they do come back, I look for them to attack like a bunch of rabid dogs. I still I I still think, and we've spoken about this at length before. They should have had Cena off TV for at least a month. Because as a fan, it's like, okay, yes, Cena was gone, but was he really gone? No. He was on TV every single week. Like, and here's, and here's a bit of fantasy booking. Do you have that sounder? Okay, what I would have had, I would have had... um. Cena basically go off TV, give give that big speech saying that, that, that he's gone, and and then basically just don't have him show up. And I would have him show up at the TLC pay per view and have have him like kind of like do a Matt Hardy running, and like kind of like a shoot like kind of uh, angle. So ha- so ha- have have him at, uh, have him cross away Barrett the, the the world title, and um, then a, and then have him return at the Rumble as Trey said from the crowd, and then have this go to WrestleMania. Because by having it a month long, like yeah, I know the fans don't really like long term booking, but this short term booking, it didn't really give us the fans a full time to experience the uh, the uh, feud, in my opinion. I would agree. By the way, I just got yet another tweet. Apparently, the phone lines are still busy. You're the only person on the line. Like seriously, I don't know what he's talking about. He just needs to call. Okay, I'll, I, I'll respond. I, on on the Skype line, I shouldn't be getting a busy signal. Like that's ridiculous. Uh, 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 can you talk whilst I try and type? <laughs> yeah, you know what? As a matter of fact, why don't I go ahead and see about? Uh, I'm going to open the phone lines to see if anybody else can call in. How's that? And then, yeah, go for it. And then, because I think I know what his number is, so when I see it, I'll, I'll pick it up. So I'll go ahead and open okay. the phone lines if you guys want to call in and comment on what you saw tonight on the Tuesday night edition of SmackDown. Please do five zero one five eight eight seven nine five seven, and uh, let me know what you thought of SmackDown tonight on the USA Network for the first time ever in the history of SmackDown. It was on USA. Do you know what? Are you thinking if if this gets good, a good enough thing, um, USA might go? You know what? We might actually have this. We we, we might actually pick it up. Well, that that could happen actually. You know what? This is what happens when you do a live radio show sometimes. You go through glitches. Things happen that you're not expecting to happen. You know, and leave it to me to have my last show of the year be bombarded with craziness. Unbelievable. This is is bizarre. And I do apologize to listeners for how it's going down. But as uh, as JJ said, this is live radio. Yeah, I mean, this this does happen on a regular basis. Sometimes you get people that don't show up. I mean, again, I just proved that the phone lines aren't busy. We had two calls come in just now, and I was pretty sure one of them was him. Yeah, I I sent him a tweet. So let's see if uh, let's see if it's actually going to work. Um, right now they're actually showing NXT on WWE.com. Have you got a chance to see NXT yet? 
You know, man, I I keep wanting to check the thing out because I want to see what how Brian Saxton's doing because I was a big fan of his um, when he was doing the the commentary on ECW. I thought, wow, this guy's good. You know, he, he could he could be a good play by play guy or color guy, and I thought he was doing a fantastic job. So, I mean, he was the only one that really stood out to me that that kind of piqued my interest. And I, you know, it airs on Wednesday night here in uh, in Canada on the score but usually I'm busy doing other things or I don't think about it and I forget to PVR it so I haven't caught any episodes of the new NXT and I hear it's a lot better obviously than the previous season <laughs> yeah it's it is much more much more fun to listen because you don't have Cole and uh, just Matthews literally ripping the hell out of the show you literally have them calling the action and and, uh, and, uh, and uh, as I said before on this show and when you have the the uh, announcers actually taking part in the show, it actually makes the show more enjoyable because you 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 get the audio and visual of the enjoyment of the show. And I think Saxton will be a star. And you know, one day I would love to see him and Wade Bat on the announce team again because those guys announced down in in FCW. Yeah, and those were those those guys were awesome on the announce team. I've heard that, but I think we have a call on the line. Let's go to the phone lines. Well, I've been trying to call in for the last fifteen minutes, but. Apparently, you've got some kind of second-hand production going on there. I'm a little disappointed. Don't let it happen again, okay? I'll, I'll do my best, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. We have Armando Estrada, former WWE talent, former ECW general manager. What's going on tonight? Well, uh, not too much. I'm out here in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, enjoying the 70-degree uh, weather. Uh a little bit of rain, though. A little bit of rain, not not the uh, normal sunshine that I'm used to. Could be worse. Wow, I, could be worse. You you could be here in Canada, where I've got about a foot or two of snow on the ground. Yeah, that could Same be here a lot in worse, Same here I in England. I try to stay away from the cold weather, boys. Whenever the uh, months of November, December, January, February come around, you can usually find me in a warm climate. <laughs> Well, I wish I had that, but here in England, right now, it's it's about minus 10, and we've got snow outside. So right now, I do envy you for being somewhere nice and warm. <laughs> you, you poor bastards. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so let's uh, get say, down to the... Fun? Can I say bastard? You can. Yeah. You, you can cuss. Oh. We're, we're, we're free here. It's, it's good. I appreciate that. Not a problem. Okay, so let, let's get down to the interview and... So let's basically talk about your debut on WWE TV. You were brought in, I believe, the night after WrestleMania, when yourself and Umoga beat down um, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. How does it feel for the first time going out in front of millions on WWE TV? You know, it felt, uh, it felt good. Um, I actually had bronchitis. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, and... My voice sounded very, very hoarse. Of course, people that have never heard me speak would not know that. So I was uh, pretty nervous about the, uh, the illness that I had, and I was drinking hot tea all day long, hoping that uh, the microphones uh, there at WWE would be able to pick up my voice so that I could be heard. Uh, it was rather nice as a... Uh, I have actually lived in Chicago the majority of my life, and I had frequented that building as a fan. So to be able to come out uh, 
to debut in the same building that I used to that I used to go to was uh, quite a treat. Mm. And like you, and like straight away you were born as his hill manager. Now I think personally your 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 character was a throwback to like the old era where where you had the managers putting over the talent. Did you feel as it, as as it like that as yourself? Did you feel as if you were like a throwback to the to the old era, where you had like the manager putting over the talent? Well, I grew up uh, I grew up watching uh, the talkers, and what I mean by the talkers, the guys that I admired the most were some of the best promo men to come through wrestling: uh, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. Bobby Heenan, Jim Cornette, even um, even the announcers like Jim Ross, who I have always felt adds so much to the product from a storyline uh, aspect, being able to make you care about the show. And I've always studied those guys. I grew up watching them, and that's who entertained me. So... You know, yeah, I mean, there was a part of me that maybe felt, uh, you know, managers aren't really prevalent nowadays, as you can tell from watching the current wrestling product. There's not too many mouthpieces out there. And, uh, you know, I like to I like to think that maybe I've brought it back for a lot of the older fans. Now, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, you were really, in my opinion, one of the last really great manager talents that came through uh, the WWE. I mean, uh, prior to you, you know, you had Ric Flair basically managing Evolution. And you talk about being a fan of the Talkers. And I can totally see the influence that a guy like Ric Flair had on uh, the Armando Estrada character. Because, you know, a lot of your promos, you know, the, ha-ha, listen to me. I mean, you, you were coming across almost like, like Ric Flair, and I used to kind of call you the Cuban Ric Flair, and I thought, oh, that was great. And being a uh, professional wrestling manager myself, uh, I used to work for Stampede Wrestling uh, for a little bit before it closed down this last time. Um, you were someone that I kind of thought, man, I love the fact that WWE is bringing back at least one manager. And you know, now, since your departure, I mean, there's really no managers other than valets. Uh, I, just, I feel like the art of being a manager is just kind of gone past the wayside it's it's just died it's it's done unfortunately it's uh, the diva the emergence of the diva has almost killed the, the traditional wrestling manager mouthpiece uh, you know Vince wants guys that can talk for themselves and you're not always going to have a guy that's a great talker you might have a guy that's a great in-ring performer but can't get it done on the microphone and I think that's where the manager is so valuable that can get it done in the ring but maybe can't you know really can't uh, get comfortable on the microphone a lot of guys can't do that you know a lot of guys are are really scared you know and most people people in general are afraid of public speaking is a very big fear a lot of people aren't really good at it, and I've been blessed. And like I like I said, I I grew up uh, watching and studying and learning from some of those guys that I had mentioned. So 
uh, it's a lost art. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that there's not uh, a mouthpiece to be able to get over uh, some of the talents that I think can go from being a mid-card or upper mid-card act to potential main event material. So, yeah, I would have to agree because when you look at the roster right now, uh, especially in the WWE, there's so many young, talented guys that are athletic that, uh, you know, do a great job in the ring but just are not good talkers. And especially with this, PD, uh, with this PG era that they have in the WWE right now, you look back to the time of, you know, the Heenan family or back when Jimmy Hart has hit, had his stables. I mean, it, it definitely is something that I think is sorely missed in World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, there's an aspect that a lot of people may not be aware of when it comes to having an act that involves a manager and a wrestler. That's, um, that's two guys that you have to pay to go out there to do the job that the people in management want that job delivered by one guy. So... You know, there's a there's a financial aspect that a lot of people may not be aware of, because hey, I don't work for free, amigo. You know, <laughs> um, so you know, there's guys. Guys are being paid to go out there and perform, and it's not just performing in the ring; it's performing on whenever there's a microphone in front of you, and there's a cost involved. Mm. So. That could be a part of it, and, and you know the other part of it is like I said, the diva has kind of killed off the traditional wrestling manager. So mm. hey, it's not my company; I can't tell anybody how to run their business. True that. You know the powers that be determine this is what they want, and that's what they want. You know, it's their company. Now, I think it's fair to say yourself and Umoga, like you two, were like the perfect team together. Like. You were the one that could like cut the promos, and Umoga could get it done in the in the ring. How was it to work with work with a guy who was that who was that talented in the ring, um, in in the shape of Umoga? What was it like to work with him? Yes, it was great. Um, I thought too. Rest in peace. He uh, was a very talented big man. Uh, I don't think a lot of people got a chance to see what he could truly do. As good as he was portrayed on TV, I've said it in previous interviews, I think he was even better. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of fans didn't get to see that. You know, if you Maybe if you were able to see some of his work in Japan or on the independent scene, uh, you can truly appreciate the type of performer uh, Eddie Fatu, better known as Umaga, really was um, 350, 360 pounds, but he could move around like he was about 250. You know, you know it's just something about the uh, the Samoans. They're very blessed with size and agility, and they can really move. I think. Uh... I think um, Umoga's biggest push in the E was when he was involved with that feud with um, with McMahon and Donald Trump. And uh, you weren't involved at WrestleMania. Do you even know why you weren't involved in that little feud? 
well, unfortunately for me, there was a guy named Vince McMahon who uh, decided to come in and kind of handle Umaga from that point on. And, you know, that, that program that you speak about, that wasn't really about Umaga and Bobby Lashley as much as it was about Vince McMahon and Donald Trump. And if you go back to WrestleMania uh, in Detroit, I had a small part, and I think I got... I think I got taken out really early. I got bumped out relatively early uh, in the beginning part of that match. Uh, there was still, you know, Vince was on the outside. Trump was on the outside. Austin was the special referee. So there was a lot going on. So from that aspect, from that point of view, I can understand uh, the decision to phase me out you know, specifically for that match. And uh, I think the WWE just felt that I had done my job with Umaga and after I had transitioned to Vince, uh, rather Vince had transitioned into that managerial role, so to speak, I don't think there was a need for me. You know, if he's got the most powerful guy in the company, Matt, you know, coming out with him, he certainly doesn't need me. As great as I was, you know. Do you believe after that uh, after that um, Umaga Lashley Trump um, man um, feud? Do you think it would be better if they put you back with Umaga in, in, instead of ha- having him like starting like to speak English? Because in my opinion, that's when like his character kind of like it it didn't lessen, but it became less mysterious. Because when when you were involved, he he wouldn't talk, but when he started to talk, he became more human. Well, and that's, you know, that's a decision they made. I, again, I can't tell them how to run their business. Uh, they decided that they wanted to do that. And, you know, as a, as a performer, you have, to con- you have to evolve. You can't stay the same. You've got to be able to have a new trick or to have something in your bag of tricks. You always got to be able to do something new. Um, every so often you gotta, you gotta break out something new. You can't stay the same. So maybe the thought was if they had put us back together, it would have been a rerun, so to speak. And, you know, it's not very often that they, you know, something's gotta be really, really special for them to do it again. You know, Hmm. um, off the top of my head, D-Generation X being put back together after they had done it because it was a special kind of act in the, in the company's eyes and in many of the fans' eyes. So, you know, again, that, that was a, that's not a field, that's a decision-making field that uh, unfortunately I'm not, I wasn't a part of. So, so I, think it would have, I think it okay. would have been the right thing to do but again, who am I to say what's right and wrong? So after parting ways with Umaga, you were then moved to the um, to the ECW brand to be the um, the ECW manager. Did, uh, did you enjoy that role more than a manager role, or did it kind of feel the same since you were just? It was um, a little different. Did I enjoy it more? 
Uh, it's hard to say. You know, I, I enjoyed my time as the ECW general manager, but what I did miss about coming out with Umaga is I got to go to the ring and be a part of the match, and as opposed to, you know, coming out to talk and then just not being present during the matches. I liked being out there for the matches, and oftentimes I got a chance to be a part of the match. So, big difference between the two, the two role works, training. Yeah, so, like, towards the end of your, um, oh, sorry, at the end of your uh, ECW manager days, you did, you did start working, working a feud with, uh, with Nick Collendinelli. How did it feel to, to, to actually go from being a manager to actually wrestling a few matches? Well, I, you know, a lot of people don't know is that I actually broke in the business as a, as a trainer. You know, I, I trained, I went to a wrestling school. I didn't go to a manager school. I went to a wrestling school and I wrestled. And I wrestled for about close to three years before I uh, debuted as the manager. And when I debuted, I don't even think Vince knew that I was a trained wrestler. So I had uh, I had continued to wrestle and stayed in shape and took care of my body and tried to stay crisp. Whenever I wasn't on TV, I would go back to Ohio Valley Wrestling, which is where I started in Louisville, Kentucky. And I would work on my craft and I would continue to wrestle on the uh, television show in Louisville and uh, on the house shows. So, you know, I stayed sharp. It was just a matter of WWE not presenting me or portraying me as a wrestler, which was hard to just kind of just do what was asked of me as far as, you know, do the promo maybe do an interview, you know, maybe do a spot here and there. Uh, it's hard to hold back sometimes because that's what you're trained to do. If given a chance, would you prefer, like, what, like, if you could do it all over again, would you prefer to be the manager or would you, or would you prefer to actually be a wrestler? Whatever's going to pay me more, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the best answer right there. Absolutely. It's all about the so, money. No, I was going to ask. Um, so you then you then parted ways with the WWE. Was that merely because they had no plans for you after your um, after your, your ECW manager reign? You know, unfortunately, sometimes you get lost in the mix, and uh, there's only so many guys that are going to get to appear on TV. And unfortunately, if you're not appearing on TV regularly. And oftentimes, there uh, there just isn't work for you. So if there isn't any work, then you need to look elsewhere. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I was the victim of, uh, you know, creative not having anything for you. Sometimes, you know, it's good to take a break and go away, as a lot of guys have done, and, and come back and show your face, and now you're fresh again. So... Did you that's have a? Good. I was just saying that's the, that's just the okay. nature of the beast. Did you have um, any interest in ever going to uh, to to TNA wrestling, or were you a WWE guy, 
like for life kind of well i'm a wrestling guy you know um i am i'm a wrestling guy if tna was to call i would entertain their offer if wwe was to call i would entertain their offer i'd be a fool not to listen you know that's Mm. business and if you're in this business you should be in this business to to make money and to make money for the company that you work for. So whether you work for TNA or whether you work for WWE, uh, you should be looking to make money and to help the company make money. Because if you help the company make money, you will make money. And that's what the business is about. So since uh, since leaving the WWE, can you, can you tell our listeners what you've been up to? Well, um... Well, I opened the restaurant, and I closed the restaurant. That's about two years right there. You know, the wrestling business isn't what it used to be. There's not really a lot of places to work. So when I got when I got my WWE release, I had to work. I had to look for something to do, and I opened up uh, a restaurant in Arizona. And uh, in the last three months, I actually just closed that restaurant down. And now I'm uh, moving on to something new. Hmm. And if your fans want to follow you on Twitter, you, you do have a Twitter account. Do you want to quickly give yeah, that a quick plug? I'm on Twitter at Rio Armando. Haha, <laughs> that's H-A-H-A. And I'm also on Facebook for those that are interested. Now, DJ, uh, I, yeah, actually, I, I do have a final question before we let you go. Uh, you know, as far as you're talking about, there's not a lot of places to work. You're absolutely right. I myself wish that, and I know it's probably never going to happen, but I wish that we could have a territory system back because, you know, back in the day when there was a territory system, you you had guys that were able to apply their craft all over the place. Now it seems you have either TNA or you have the WWE or you have Ring of Honor. Um, You know, I, I miss the days when Ric Flair was a touring champion and, you know, took on people in different territories as the NWA champion. Um, do you think that if they were to have a revival of the territories, do you think that would be something that would be beneficial to the wrestling business of today, or do you think it's just kind of slowly fading? Well, I think it's slowly faded, and it's just the way we've evolved and, and the way the business has evolved. You know, there's there's fewer jobs in the wrestling business to, in 2010 than there were in 2000. And even in 2005, there were there were more jobs in uh, professional wrestling or sports entertainment. And um, you know the territory system. You named a few. And I don't know if they're really territories as much as just they're just small promotions that that run uh, infrequently. You know, uh, so whatever you want to call it, uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling is another one. Uh, I'm a fan of their uh, of that farm system down there in Louisville, Kentucky, and they run about three shows a week. So, it, you know, in order for guys to get really good at this, they really need to work five, six, seven days a week. Unfortunately, there's nowhere that you can work five, six, seven days a week, not even WWE. So... It's not the same as it used to be. It's not the wrestling that we may uh, like to remember, but it's just the nature of the business, literally. 
No, and it will never be. It will never be what it was. Uh, times have changed, you know. No, I... times have changed. There was a period where some fans genuinely uh, believed and uh, weren't sure of what they were watching, if it was sport or if it was entertainment. And nowadays, uh, with shows like this and with just the way things have evolved, it's. We know what we're watching, and uh, unfortunately, it's very competitive. The entertainment dollar is, is stretched very thinly, and there's many ways for people to spend their entertainment dollars. That is very true. <laughs> Amigos, ¿qué pasa? My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. And you're listening to the SNS Radio Network. Ha <laughs> ha. That was awesome. One of the best promos I have had on this network. Thank you so much, sir. You're very welcome. And uh, if, if there's anything you want to promote or let us know, feel free to let uh, let Crelly know. We'll definitely get that out for you. I want to thank you for taking time out tonight to be a part of the program, sir. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. Let's just talk about uh, the real Armando Ha <laughs> Ha on Twitter. And uh, also, you can uh, catch up with me and keep up with me on Facebook. The only Facebook that exists uh, contains a picture of my beautiful head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You take it easy, stay warm, and stay out of the snow. <laughs> okay, I will. You too, guys. All right, man. Thank thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, all right, guys. That was former WWE talent Armando Estrada on the program very interesting interview uh, i'm going to give it up to crelly good job carrying the interview tonight yeah that i've i've always been a fan of his work so and his, and his promo it's awesome his little haha so well you know that that was the thing when i was talking to him about that i mean being that i started off in you know working as a uh, i trained in wrestling in 98 and i wasn't a very good wrestler i was better talking I started out as a ring announcer. I moved on to be a manager. At one point, I was doing color commentary for different companies. You know, I moved back into ring announcing when I moved to uh, from Oklahoma to Stampede or to Calgary. I went to Stampede Wrestling and started doing the play-by-play stuff with Tim Stein, and then kind of got ushered into uh, a managerial position. So I could kind of relate to what he's saying. I mean, there, there's tons of guys out there that might have the look. They might have the talent in the ring, but they need that mouthpiece. And, you know, the art of being a manager is pretty much done today. I mean, you've got Maurice, who's just a glorified valet that wrestles as well. I mean, I really think they dropped the ball with him because the Umaga character wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't talking. He was using Armando to get him over. And they had a good relationship back and forth. I mean, you could tell that that was working. And, you know, that was that was one of the things I wanted to talk to him specifically about was, uh, you know, his thoughts on, on where managers stand today. And he pretty much let us know exactly what he thought. And I, I can't disagree with that point. I mean, aside from him and James Mitchell and TNA, when was the last time you saw an actual manager in professional wrestling in a while? The Hart, when, when uh, Stu Hart was in charge. Not many, but yeah, as as an interview, he was a perfect match for a mugger, and it's just a shame that they decided to put Vince Man behind a mugger instead of keeping them together. Who knows? One day, maybe he 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 will reappear on a 
on one TV show. Well, we'll see. Uh, he he seems like I don't know. He, he seems like he might be a little uh, little out of the business aspect of it now, but we'll see. I mean, I wish him the best of luck, and I hate to hear that his restaurant closed down. But financial mm. times have hit us all hard, I guess. Yeah. So on that note, isn't it time to take a break? And I will depart because uh, I've got I've got to go try and download the DLC pack if it lets me for SVR twenty eleven. <laughs> All right, Crelly, you do that, man. Okay, peace. All right. So with that said, guys, we're going to go into our first commercial break, our only commercial break of the night. Come back, talk some SmackDown versus Raw 2011 DLC pack released today. What did I think about it? Well, you're about to find out. We'll be right back with more Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE, and uh, you're listening to JJ on the SNS Radio Network. Work it. On an all-new TNA Impact, AJ Styles is on a mission. I will be the television champion again. But one man stands in his way. And I'll go through you, Doug Williams, if I have to. Styles Williams in an Iron Man match. Thursday at 9 on Spike. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Night on Christmas Eve, I was dreaming of the soft white snow. White snow. I was awoken by a noise near the Christmas tree. What it was, I did not know. It was Santa Claus. He was bringing me some gifts. 
Unfortunately, I did not know that. I didn't know. So I quietly snuck up behind him, and I shot him five times in the back. It went pow, 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 pow. He said, what the fuck, ow, ow, ow. Then I shot him three more times in the head. Pieces of his brain flew out, and he was dead. That's when I noticed his blood-soaked beard And his red suit filled with bullet holes Uh-oh I said, oh my god, I killed Santa Claus I'm not going to jail for this asshole Hell no So I went to my shed and I got my saw And I started to choppity-chop-chop Chop-chop-chop I started with his arms, then his legs, then his head, and then the torso was a really long job. And the blood went spurt, spurt, spurt. It was really hard work, work, work. It was hard cutting through his spine. I must have vomited 16 times. <coughs> I burned all the pieces in my fireplace The smell of burning human flesh filled my nose Sizzle, sizzle Eleven hours later there was nothing left And that's when I heard my telephone It was Auntie Jean looking for Uncle Bob She said he left the house dressed as Santa Claus But he didn't come home last night have you seen him? God, I hope he's all right! The murder that you have just witnessed was planned and executed by a trained professional. Please do not attempt to murder anyone without proper supervision. I'm just a regular, everyday, normal guy. I like spending Christmas with my family, motherfuckers! I'm just a regular, everyday, normal guy. And I'm pretty good at nicely wrapping gifts! Main event, Wrestlemania. I will main event, Wrestlemania. Wrestlemania. Because I will win the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. I will win the Royal Rumble. 30 superstars. One winner. One opportunity. Championship match at Wrestlemania. The Royal Rumble. 29 are going over. 29 are going over. I, I am going on. WWE Royal Rumble. Live Sunday, January 30th, only on pay-per-view. Hey guys, did you know Wrestling News Live is on Monday nights? Well, if you've been hiding under a rock, Monday nights at 11.30 Eastern, 9.30 Mountain Standard Time, The Trey Dog and JJ Sexay go over Raw, all the news of the week in professional wrestling. Make sure you tune in and stay tuned to the SNS Radio Network for all the great programs. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Marcus Stevenson from THQ, and you're listening to the SNS Radio Network.
All right, we're back right here, the SNS Radio Network, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexa, and yes, I too came to play. This morning when I woke up, I decided I would go to my Xbox 360 and download the latest content pack for SmackDown vs. Raw 2011, which features the Nexus, or at least three of them, Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, and of course the leader of Nexus, Wade Barrett. Also, former WWE and WCW superstars, the British Bulldog, and Lex Luger. And Layla is even a part of this DLC pack, as well as the NXT Arena. Uh, you got some new moves that were added to the pack, and I'm going to be real honest. I, uh, I was a little disappointed with some of the moves that I saw that they have reanimated or whatever. Uh, back when we interviewed Brian Williams, well, excuse me, back when we interviewed Brian Williams and Marcus Stevenson, on the Causecast, myself and Charles Shane, on this particular radio network, one of the things that I was talking to them about, about the DLC, when they said that Lex Luger was a character that was going to be released, was what his character was going to entail. Uh, you know, he told us it was going to be the Lex Express, you know, the all-American Lex Luger, from, say, circa 1993-94 in the WWE, but you were going to be able to do things with the uh, superstar threads if you wanted to make the Lex Luger from WCW that wore the black trunks and the black knee pads and the white boots. Um, and I even asked as far as what were we going to have with the moves for the character? Uh, what, were the, what was the music going to be? And at the time, I had even played the uh, I'll Be Your Hero song for him. And he said that if they could get it, they were going to do that. So I, I find it interesting that they did, in fact, go with that and not the uh, the cheesy presidential music that they were using for him for a time. So I almost feel like I might have had a hand in developing that particular piece of music for the game. Um, if you don't think that I have that power, wait till next year when you get a chef hat and a chef outfit. Because I've already been promised those are going to be in the Create a Wrestler feature next year in uh, 2012. Uh, but when we're talking about the moves for the DLC, uh, obviously the torture rack is one that they had to put in. I asked about the uh, the forearm that Lex Luger used to do, the running forearm. And uh, it's not exactly what we got in this DLC pack. In fact, the forearm that you use as Lex Luger is set up as a signature move and it's basically one of the moves that was taken out of last year's game. If you remember, there were about 250 moves taken out of uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 for SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. So one of those moves was a running clothesline that looked like it might have hit the forearm. So you run two steps and hit somebody with your arm. So that, that is the Lex Luger forearm shot that looks nothing like what Lex Luger used to do. Um, I'm just I'm very disappointed at the way the moves turned out. I mean, I understand they go through motion capping. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the wasteland for Wade Barrett, although it does look pretty accurate to how he does it. I just I felt like, and I hate to say this, I felt like it was a half-assed attempt to put out content. I mean, I have to admit, all three members of the Nexus look great. 
there's just something about Wade Barrett that looks off to me, though. I, his body type just looks wrong. I, I don't. I, I can't explain it, but something just doesn't look right to me. Um, you know, British Bulldog has always done a running power slam as a finisher, and it's still the same power slam they always put in the game, where he takes a step and hits the power slam. Uh, running power slam would actually mean that you're running across the ring and you hit a power slam. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm pretty sure I'm right on the mark. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not attending THQ's motion capturing. Uh, I know that they did have a big campaign where they were going through Charles Shane uh, at cause.ws to try and put down what you want to see motion captured for the next game. And I know there's there's a ton of, of you know moves that's been put on that list, but um, I, I wish personally that I could go and, and watch motion capping and kind of give my input because I, I really think that they put kind of a half-assed effort into doing mocap with some of these moves. They're not superstar accurate. And to me, I am such a big stickler when it comes to uh, video games. When it comes to something that I'm into, whether it's wrestling radio whether it's video games, I, 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 am, I try too hard to be a perfectionist is what I'm trying to say. If something sounds like shit, I don't want to use it. If something looks like shit, I don't want to use it. And I find myself more and more thinking, wow, they could have done so much better than what they did. And unfortunately, we're kind of left with the aspects. Now, the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 8 attire looks decent. But if you're going to put a alternate Shawn Michaels attire, I want like say a WrestleMania 12 Shawn Michaels attire. I want the heart tights from his most dominant run when he was the champ in 96. You know, you've got an alternate attire for Shad Gaspard after he broke up with JTG and went on his own for like 2 weeks. So, I mean, all in all, the fact that I actually paid for the what was it, the access that gave me access to every piece of DLC and it only cost me, what, like 10 bucks? Um, so I get all the DLC free now because I did that. I mean, it didn't really cost me anything to get it today. I'm not completely disappointed. Some of the moves that I've found look pretty cool. But overall, I'm just a little disappointed with the lack of importance that I feel THQ puts on putting together this DLC pack. I, I don't know. You know, the next DLC pack that's going to come out in the spring or sometime next year is going to be the one with the WCW Nitro Arena, which looks fantastic from all the screenshots that I've seen, by the way. It's the old 1996 Nitro with the WCW on either side in aluminum. So that that's going to be pretty cool. But, uh, you know, I really don't have a lot of video gaming news that I want to talk about, so I'm going to open the phone lines. If you guys want to chime in on SmackDown, you want to talk about the interview we just had with Armando Estrada, you want to talk about the DLC pack, uh, you want to know specifics about the DLC pack, I've actually played a little bit today with some of the characters. Um, so if there's something specific that you want to know about it, feel free to give me a call and let me know what's on your mind. And uh, we can go from there. But again, I, I just, I'm a little disappointed at the way uh, the DLC came about, I really felt like they didn't put a lot of emphasis on what they should have. But, I mean, again, I'm not a game creator. I don't work for the game companies. I couldn't tell you what they do on a daily basis. 
So I don't want to come across like I'm bashing them. Uh, just from my perspective, from my point of view, my uh, ignorance is bliss type point of view, I just don't think that there's a lot of importance put on this particular thing. If it's something that's it's extra that's going to be making you money down the road, I really feel like you should put more of an effort into it. But that's just me. Let's go to the phone lines, 501-588-7957. Welcome to Unplugged. See, I'm not drunk. Who is this? Uh, it's good to hear you sober, JJ. It's TM Bronx. No wild chicken for me tonight, Roxy. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to keep it quick. It's getting close to my bedtime. But, you know, I don't know if you're in the chat room, but myself and a few other people were a little, you know, talking about this interview. And, I mean, it's great that you guys were able to book, you know, Armando and uh, Crelly. Great job. You know, he's been doing an awesome job. But... You know, everyone has said that at this point, you know, it seems like Armando is kind of removed from the business. I mean, he's been gone for a while, and uh, I don't know, man. You know, I, I don't want to get heat at all because, uh, you know, some people loved the interview, some people didn't love it, but it just seemed like it was generic, and I'm not trying to put that on you or put that on Crelly because you guys can interview fucking Hulk Hogan if you need to. It was just kind of, uh, again, I don't know if the word is generic or laid back or, I mean, the comment that he made at the beginning of the interview where he called you guys second rate pissed me and a few other people off. Now, if he meant it in jest, then I'm the asshole. Well, if he didn't, you know, I don't know, man. Well, to be honest, Bronx, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, he was joking around when he said it, and I didn't take offense to it. I thought it was kind of funny, you know, me getting kind of talked down to by, you know, a former heel manager, former ECW manager. Um, to me, I, I, you know what, I took it as a rib. I, I, you know, I've got pretty thick skin. I've been called, you know, worse by, by worse people. You know, I, <laughs> I, I go through that on a weekly basis, but, uh, you know, I don't really think you felt that way. I think it was just something to kind of uh, highlight his heel character, his heel persona. So, I mean, you know, again, I kind of felt like it was a rib. I didn't take offense to it, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Oh, I'm not worried about it. You know, I, I kind of thought that's what he meant. It kind of caught me off guard, and maybe that's, you know, a, uh, you know maybe that's a, something he knows how to do, and, and to do that heel, you know. I mean, I'm not, like Trey would say, butthurt about it. You know, it's cool, but... The second thing I want to say is, you know, these DLCs, you know, I'm not really into video games as much as you guys are, but it seems to me like they're expensive enough. I mean, like, they want you, you know, you buy the video game and then there are four, five, six DLCs. I mean, it's great marketing because you keep paying to enhance the same game. But it seems to me like just give every, you know, spend a little longer developing the game and give everyone, you know, all the shit in one blow, so you get your, you know, uh, you get your WCW arena, you get your Nexus, you get everything without without having to pay, you know, extra money. Now I may sound like a geek asshole, and if so, I accept that. But it just seems to me like you know, you, you keep paying and paying and paying and paying, and like you're saying, sometimes the DLCs don't turn out that well. What do you think about that? You've got a point. Uh, a lot of times when you pay for a DLC, you know, it, it doesn't come out the way that you expect it to. 
The good thing about the THQ thing, I mean, they had a, a system in play when the game came out where if you put $10 down or you paid 800 Microsoft points uh, for the Xbox 360, you basically have access to every DLC pack that comes out for free. So you're paying for three or four different DLC packs, you know, with only 10 bucks, which is not bad. I mean, you're getting extra characters. You're getting new moves. You're getting new arenas. It does enhance the the game. I mean, when you can, uh, I mean, now that we have the NXT arena, you know, you could actually literally go on and recreate NXT if you wanted with with created characters. You could literally take uh, any created character you've made and make your own version of what NXT should be or what you think it's going to be. So, I mean, uh, when the WCW arena comes out, you're going to be able to recreate those old school nitros through the story designer. You know, if you want to make Sting and Kevin Nash and uh, you want to have the NWO invasion with Hollywood Hogan and, and Scott Hall, and you want to lawn dart Rey Mysterio. I mean, you can do that with, with this, with this DLC pack. So, I mean, in that aspect, it does make the game more playable. And to me, I mean, the pricing for the SmackDown versus Raw DLC is not bad. Uh, it's very affordable. It's not overpriced. You know, I recently purchased the DLC for, uh, the Force Unleashed 2, which was 99 cents. And I had fun playing, you know, an hour and a half just with, with that DLC alone. So, I mean, it really depends on, you know, what you feel is worth it. If, if you feel that you're paying $60 for a game and you shouldn't have to pay for anything else, then it might not be something you'd be interested in. But uh, for me personally, I mean, I see that as the wave of the future. When you have a game and you play through it, you've beaten the game, you're losing interest in it, and then they come out with, hey, we've got this downloadable pack that's going to add a little bit more of uh, some spice to the game title, I think that's that's the way to go, and I think that's the uh, that's the future of gaming. You know, DLC is always going to be, from this point on, uh, digital distribution is going to be a big part of the industry. Well, you know, I probably sound like an asshole compared to you. Eventually, uh, I will get rid of my Coleco vision and get something better so I can talk to you on your level. But uh, thanks for taking my call again, and... I'm about ready to tap out. So you have a good night, JJ. Hey, Bronx, you have a Merry Christmas, man. In case I don't talk to you before uh, before Christmas and the New Year, man, have a have a great holiday, and uh, I will see you soon, my friend. Oh, you too, man. You, your, your lovely wife, your lovely children, Crowley, everybody. Everyone have a good Christmas, man. Take care. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, let's go back to the phone lines, 501-588-7957. Welcome to Unplugged. Got to make sure I'm doing that right. Who's this? What's up, Dave? What's up, JJ? It's Jim. Hey, Jim. What's on your mind, man? We're we're officially on the road to WrestleMania now. It's getting pretty exciting. All the new guys coming out now. All the new guys going to get pushed. We get the Royal Rumble coming up. Going to be a huge. Going to be a huge Royal Rumble this year, I think. Oh, you know what? It is going to be huge, and I'm I'm very excited. You know, one of the things I talked about last night on Wrestling News Live. Maybe I'm alone in feeling this, but I really think that with The Miz going in as champion at the Royal Rumble, with John Morrison being the number one contender, and me being such a homer for John Morrison, I really think this is the guy that's going to beat Miz, if, if only for a short title reign going into the next month. I really think this would be the opportunity to pull that trigger on a guy like Morrison. I mean, he's already been a world champion ECW. He's held every major title in that company. And when you look at the history between these two guys... I mean, this would be the time to execute that move, I really think. 
He earned it. He worked. He worked his way up. You know, coming from tag team, coming from Johnny Nitro. Remember Johnny Nitro? I, I'm still a big fan of Johnny Nitro. I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of him being the apprentice of, of Bischoff, but I've always been more the Johnny Nitro character as opposed to the John Morrison character. Love Morrison. I just hate his fucking music. He needs new music and quick. Yeah, they. He had a huge match. Remember that huge match on uh, the first row of the year against Cena? They were uh, building that up. Yep. Yeah, he, earned his, he definitely earned his way up. He has, and I think um, I think I think with uh, Nexus, it might end up going to SmackDown because remember they're the ones who really buried Undertaker. So maybe if Undertaker, maybe if Undertaker's really hurt and he's he's not a, he's not near 100. percent He comes out and he gets attacked by the Nexus, and then. He, he really has no friends in the WWE, if you look at it. And he makes one phone call to one person, and it's HBK, and him and HBK team up, maybe. But they got a nexus. And then the whole thing will be, will HBK turn on Undertaker? Well, I mean, like that. the only thing is, I mean, Shawn Michaels is pretty much guaranteed not to wrestle again. I mean, he, he has told everybody that he's not getting back in the ring. I actually believe it. Out. Do what now? Unless, unless Undertaker asks him, because he keeps, he keeps saying is he won't wrestle because he promised him. Undertaker. If Undertaker asks him to wrestle, he'll wrestle, maybe. Yeah, I, I if don't Undertaker th- has no other friends, he's... Go ahead, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't see anybody else would team up with Undertaker for WrestleMania. And if he fights Nexus, that protects Undertaker, because he obviously won't be able to do a one-on-one match. And then, but not, Shawn Michaels teams up with him. They'll keep talking about how Shawn Michaels will he turn on Undertaker. Well, you know, they, they keep wanting to do something big uh, if Undertaker's going to be there. I mean, they wanted Lesnar. That's not going to happen, obviously. Um, maybe that, that could be the scenario, to bring Shawn Michaels back for a one-time deal. I mean, I, I think that would cheapen his retirement if he did that. But, I mean, who knows? Uh, they're, if they're looking to build something big for WrestleMania, then that might be the way to go. I, I, I don't you see know, it in the cards, but it, it could happen. You know, I was talking to my friend, and like he keeps mentioning that he won't, he won't do it because he promised the Undertaker. So obviously, he might be maybe he's saying that for a reason. Well, yeah, and and, and I, I see where you're going with that, but I really think when Shawn Michaels says he's done, he's done. I mean, he has really stuck to his guns uh, with what he's done since he's retired, and I don't. Know, we'll have to see. I mean, it's an interesting scenario. It's uh, it's gonna be tough though because you get that itch and you got the huge payday for WrestleMania. You know, you're sitting there, you're sitting there, you keep watching this. You want to. You want to get back to WrestleMania, you know? Well, we'll see. True enough. Eh, I just want to, want to wish you and your family happy holidays, and I'll talk to you during the new year. Thanks, Jim, man. I appreciate it. You you as well. Have a happy holidays, and we'll see you in the new year. You take care of yourself, please. You too, man. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We are getting lit up tonight. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? You talking to me? I'm talking to you. How did I know it was you? You talking to me? How come when I call in, the first goddamn thing I see is Curly's big-ass face, bigger than the logo on my own goddamn website? Uh, Curly's a big dude, man. What can I tell you? <laughs> so, uh, I just got in. I missed everything before that last phone call, basically. So, Right. Well, I mean, we... I'll have, we, to, we, I'll have to hear the interview on the archive, obviously. Yeah, we had Armando Estrada, and he was having issues calling in tonight, and... Some some people thought that uh, he was a little disparaging to me because he had he said we had second rate production and I I kind of got a chuckle out of that but uh, second rate production because his cell phone doesn't work. <laughs> I I took it as a rib myself, but I thought it was funny. 
Probably a good thing this wasn't a Wrestling News Live interview then. Yeah, if if the dog had been on, guys, he probably the interview wouldn't have happened. He would have uh, he would have tore into Armando Estrada. I would have said, "Well, you know, we only roll out the good production for the real superstars." Oh, damn! That's harsh, Trey. That's harsh. See, we actually did well with ODB last night because she's been relevant within the last 365 days. What have you done? Wow. Come on now. Let's, 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 let's not be like other shows that trash their guests after they have them on. 3GB! GB! That's not cool, man. 3GB. That's not cool. That's not cool, man. Well, Trey, stay on the line. I think we have somebody else calling in, too. Welcome to uh, Unplugged. Who's this? It's me, Hollywood. What's on your mind, Hollywood? Please up to no good. Not much, not much. Been a little sick the last few days and just trying to recover. Man, I hope you have nothing like what I had. I no, lost 10 pounds I... in three days. Well, that's you for eating Taco Bell. Well, no, I mean, dude, I, I, I don't know what, it, I, I don't even know what the last thing I ate on Friday was, but I didn't eat again until Sunday night after the pay-per-view. I did nothing for 24 hours but throw up. Nah, I don't got that. This is just more like a head cold. It was a little bit of congestion, just meets like a little bit of a flu. I don't know what you would call it. Like a flu. <laughs> Rigo says, are you sure it's not the Sith? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not the Sith. No, nah, no, it's no. But no, I didn't. I, I really don't watch too much wrestling. I just thought, you know, I kind of call it a little bit. I, I know you guys are doing the Carptacular tomorrow, so I figured I'd kind of, if I could, just get my greetings in now. So, since, you know, it's on the archive anyway. Well, I mean, you can, but it'd be better if you just do it like everybody else, that it's actually part of the craptacular show. Well, it's up to you guys. I, I, I so just like call after the show's done or what? Yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, call after the show right. and do a do a big craptacular message, and and we'll put it in the in the show. All right, all right. Did you guys? Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys caught SmackDown tonight, right? SmackDown I was on tonight. I, really? I, was. I just got to pat myself on the back. My boy Dolph Ziggler looked good tonight. You He's know just got to get rid of Vicky. You know what? There was a report going around today. I I don't remember if Crelly had had mentioned this in the news report, but there was news circulating around the web today that they were rewriting SmackDown uh, this morning because of what Vince saw on Raw last night. So it looks like they're getting ready to elevate Ziggler to that next level. The fact that he was able to hold his own against John Cena tonight, um, I'm marked big time. When he was in the attitude adjustment, he reversed out of it and hit the fame master on, on Cena. I yeah, was like, I, I, I thought that was a hell of a. You could tell he was about to reverse it into something. I didn't know if he was going to be able to pull that move off out of the reversal, but he did a damn good job. The only part of the match that sucked was when Vicky got involved. The rest of the time, yeah, Ziggler I, was whipping that ass. Yeah, I guarantee that guy's going to be a future world champion. It's only just a matter of time. You know, I mean, John Cena has that same formula with everybody, though. He gets his ass kicked the whole match and then does five moves of doom and wins the match. I mean, this is this is the typical super baby face gimmick that he's, well, he's done. He's got the sun coming down on top of him. Exactly. Know, like shining and Exactly. I mean, that, that's, that's been his gimmick for years. It's the same thing. He, he gets his ass kicked the whole match. He gets five moves in and boom, attitude adjustment <laughs> or STF and you're tapping or you're, you're getting pinned. So, I mean, that, that's just a typical John Cena formula, but Dolph has looked good the last two days back-to-back against Cena, and uh, his stock in the company, I bet you, just got elevated that much more. 
Well, I hope so, because, like I said, he was my pick for breakout superstars. So, hey, make me look like a genius. Well, I tell you what, I think 2011 is going to be a good year for Dolph Ziggler. We'll have to see. I mean, he's got a catchy oh, intro. He's got a good gimmick. He can talk. You know, he doesn't need Vicky. That's the one thing I can't figure out is why they haven't put her with him, because he doesn't need her. But, you know... Maybe after he goes back and watches the footage tonight, he comes out and says something about how she cost him the match or something. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's only I'm a matter of time. Him... Go ahead, Hollywood. Yeah, sorry. I thought they were going to put him together with that one girl, the one that, uh, NXT, but I guess that's not going to happen or what? I see, that would make more sense because she's good looking and he's, you know, Dolph Ziggler. He's yeah, like a person. Very beautiful. <laughs> Anything else on your mind tonight, Hollywood? Not much, not much. Like I said, I really didn't get to watch wrestling too much last year. I haven't been feeling very good. But like I said, I I did I was there on paper. Like I, said, I do agree with you that John Morrison's gonna have a good career going up. I think it's gonna be just a matter of time before he's a champ. So we'll just have to wait and see. No, I agree. Well, Hollywood, thanks for the call, man. If if I don't speak to you, if I don't speak to you before the new year, holiday. Okay. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. All right. Go back to the phone right, lines. Have a caller. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, Jeff. It's uh, Daryl O'Connor. How are things? Hey, I'm good, Daryl. How are you? Not so bad, not so bad. Uh, just uh, couldn't agree more, which is, which is there actually on the whole. Um, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry. I thought I got cut off there. Um, with the Dolph Ziggler elevation you know, that he's getting now. Really impressed with him tonight, actually. And on Raw, he's really, really come to his own now. I've always been a big fan of Dolph uh, since he's come back now. But um, I wasn't really happy with SmackDown as a whole tonight, to be honest with you. I thought that he kind of phoned it in. Uh, the Orton and Miz match was pretty good. It was like, you know, Raw take two. Yeah. Well, you got you to gotta keep into consideration, too, that a lot of these guys, uh, these main, the main superstars, they've gone through three days of hell. Mm. I mean, you talk about Jeff Hardy showing up stoned because he was tired and blaming it on exhaustion. You know... That's 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 a joke if you look at what these WWE superstars have done. When you factor in, you know, the fact that they did the pay-per-view on Sunday, they did Raw on Monday, most of them turned right around from the pay-per-view, they did Raw, did then turned right around and did SmackDown. You know, I mean, that's three live shows, and it wasn't even a normal pay-per-view, it was a TLC. Yeah, well, when they do five yeah. live shows back-to-back, they can come talk to me, okay? And you know what? I thought about you today. <laughs> I'm such a shit disturber, aren't I? I, I no, I, 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 I feel your pain. I thought about you today. I got an email from one of the longest listeners of the show. She's not around much anymore, bless her heart, because of the timing that we're on and her new day job. But she sent me an email, and, and it's basically for those of you that think your life sucks or your job sucks, remember it could always be worse. And I thought of JJ today because I know he's done like 27 radio shows in a row. <laughs> and it's coming from a guy who was basically writing this letter to his sister, letting her know that when you think your job sucks, it could always be worse. Says, last week I had a bad day at the office. I know you've been feeling down lately at work, so I thought I'd share my dilemma with you to make you realize it's not so bad after all. Before I can tell you exactly what happened with me, First, I must bore you with a few technicalities of my job. As you know, my office lies at the bottom of the sea. I wear a suit to the office. It's a wetsuit. 
This time of year, the water is quite cool. So what we do to keep warm is this. We have a diesel-powered industrial water heater. A $20,000 piece of equipment sucks water out of the sea, heats it up to a delightful temperature, and then pumps it down to the diver through a garden hose, which is taped to an air hose and a hole inside the helmet. Now, this sounds like a good plan, and I've used it several times with no complaints. What do I do when I get to the bottom and start working is I take the hose and stuff it back down the back of my wetsuit, which floods my whole suit with warm water. It's like working in a jacuzzi every day. Everything was going well until, well, all of a sudden my butt started to itch. So, of course, I scratched it, which only made things worse. Within a few seconds, my ass started to burn. I pulled the, holes out from, the hose out from the back of my suit, but the damage was already done. In agony, I realized what had happened. The hot water machine had sucked up a jellyfish and pumped it into my suit. Now, since I don't have any hair on my back, the jellyfish couldn't stick to it. However, the crack of my ass was not so fortunate. Oh. When, I, <laughs> when I scratched what I thought was an itch, it was actually grinding the jellyfish into the crack of my ass. I informed my supervisor of my dilemma over the communication device, and his instructions were unclear due to the fact he, along with five other divers, were all laughing hysterically. Needless to say, I aborted the dive. I was instructed to make three agonizing in-water decompression stops totaling 35 minutes before I could reach the surface to begin my chamber dry decompression. When I arrived at the surface, I was wearing nothing but my brass helmet. As I climbed out of the water, the medic, with tears of laughter running down his face, handed me a tube of cream and told me to rub it on my butt as soon as I got in the decompression chamber. The cream put the fire out, but I couldn't shit for two days because my ass was swollen shut. So the next time you're having a bad day at work, think about how much worse it could be if you had a jellyfish shoved up your ass. Now repeat to yourself, I love my job, I love my job, I love my job. Whenever you're having a bad day, ask yourself, is it really that bad or is it a jellyfish day? May you never have a jellyfish day. JJ. Wow. I, I, my life doesn't seem so bad now. So, granted, you've been busy and you've been working your ass off, but have you had a jellyfish in your ass the whole time? I have not. It could be worse. It could be. In fact, today, today was a good day. I went and got a tree. And we decorated the tree tonight. Oh, as a family? As a family, yes. Did you uh, pop some popcorn and do the whole thing? No, no, because I, I had to come watch SmackDown shortly thereafter. But, uh, you know, we, we set the tree up, and obviously I let the girls decorate it. You know, I, I did all the manual stuff, like carry the tree in, put it in well, the yeah. tree stand, you know, cut all the strings off of it so it would fluff out. You know, that was that was my job. That was the manly job. I, I, I don't decorate trees. I let them do it because they're so good uh, at it. But uh, 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 uh. uh, uh, uh. like Tim Allen all of a sudden. Uh, 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 uh. See, we, we don't have enough Al Borland on this show. It's not going to happen, Tim. I don't think so, Tim. Oh, so you, you derailed me. So, so Darrell, what, what else is on your mind tonight, bro? Uh, not much. I'm playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood at the moment. That's a pretty badass game. It's really, really good. And uh, I have to actually get the new DLC pack that you were talking about for SmackDown vs. Raw. So I'll give that a whirl and something to do over Christmas, I suppose. Well, hey, we, we finally have a, uh, a torture rack. So that that's always kind of good. Hey, oh, that's pretty ask, cool. This would be the perfect audience to ask. 
especially with you, Dara, am, am I a complete idiot for not ever playing a single Fallout or not ever playing a single Assassin's Creed? Oh, man, Assassin's like, Fallout, I was not really a huge fan of it. They're pretty good games. My, my other friends now were really into Fallout, but Assassin's Creed is phenomenal, like, the whole series. The first one is a bit repetitive, but the story is amazing. So now I heard I heard that when the first one came out, I was so jazzed by the game, and I was in. It wasn't a GameStop. It was kind of like a knockoff of a GameStop, kind of a mom and pop owned type thing. And it's called Dragon's Lair or something. And the guy behind the counter was like, "Man, I bought it. I didn't like it. It's glitchy. It's hard to control. You know, the guy, the controls are all different and." He basically just talked me out of it. And from that point, I've never been interested in buying the damn thing. But now that they're on their, what, third or fourth game and everybody loves it, I'm beginning to wonder if I made a mistake. Well, now, see, I, I actually have Fallout 3. I haven't beaten it. I've gotten pretty far in it, and I think I've almost gotten to the point where I could end the game at any time. But I stopped playing it about six months ago because I've been playing everything else. But it's it's a fun game. I mean, I, I really enjoy Fallout 3. I have not picked up New Vegas. Um. I've heard mixed reviews on that one, but you know, and I probably won't pick it up till it, you know, probably hits around the twenty or thirty dollar mark. I mean, you know, with me, I'm I'm not someone who's going to go out and buy a game uh, unless it's one of those. Usually, for me, in a year, there are games I know they're coming out, and there are ones that I'll say, okay, I'm paying full price for that one. Doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often. A lot of times, I get my stuff off the discount rack, but you know, like the SmackDown games, I get first day. Uh, you know, stuff like the Star Wars games, I get those first day. But, I mean, there's there's very little that I'll I'll pay full price for. But Fallout 3, uh, I actually bought that off a friend for like 30 bucks, and I enjoyed the shit out of that game. I, I think you're you're missing out, really. I was yeah, I got, up. yeah, Fallout 3 is, is a really, a really good game to actually get. Um, I got it when I got my Xbox, so I just, you know, played it there for a while. But, as I said, Assassin's Creed 1... Was like it was a bit repetitive and boring, so the guy actually was right. But what really got me into it was when I picked up the second game, and they completely revamped the controls, completely went through the whole thing. The story is just really engaging. I mean, you go back, you want to go play the first one, and now they're on the third game. It's kind of like an expansion pack. Um, but yeah, man, if you if you want a good game, I highly recommend Fallout and the Assassin's Creed series. You know, you can't go wrong. That's what I'm going to be playing throughout the whole Christmas anyway. So. Storylines are everything to me. I mean, that's why it keeping me engaged in the game. So where I don't want to put it down, and I can't wait to pick it back up. Like the Metal Gear series, you know, I could not wait once I finished one for the next one to come out. You know, and then that third one, hell, I didn't want to put it down. You Great know? games, seriously. Like, uh, well, the first one came out when I was like twelve, so <laughs> I, I just remember playing that and just been like, "Whoa, that's amazing!" And then falling all the way through. That's pretty much why I bought a PS3. To be able to play the third one, you know, so uh, storylines are everything in video games. Well, for the most part, you know, they, if it has graphics and good con- and good gameplay and stuff, but if it has a bad storyline, you're just gonna lose interest. So, so JJ, you you heard the Metal Gear story between me and JSK, did you? Uh, no, I think I missed that actually. We had been living in the same house together for about a year, maybe two years, and this girl that we met. She couldn't make up her mind which one of us she wanted, but you know she wasn't going to get either one of us. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and she kept trying to buy our affection, 
And so one day she showed up at our house with a PlayStation when PlayStation One was the shit. You know, she showed up at our house with a PlayStation. And she was like, I bought this for you guys. And we were like, wow, cool, kick ass, thanks, get out. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> we, we took the PlayStation and I hooked it up. And we had been told by our landlord, see, originally, JSK was just house setting for the woman that owned the house. And she went to Hawaii. And she ended up deciding to stay. Well, what was supposed to be two weeks turned into about eight years. But she told JSK that, you know, we could stay at the house and she wouldn't charge us rent, but she was going to make us put the bills in our name. Well, we had, at that time, that was back when, when you wanted to order a pay-per-view, you had to go to the cable company and pay for it in advance. And then they would give you a special box to take home and hook up. You couldn't buy it just over pushing buttons. Oh, I remember those days. I, I, those used, days? I, I used to I used to just pay for the box on a monthly basis. I would just be like, give me the box because I'm going to well, buy we, the pay-per-view. We eventually ended up doing that because we noticed that sometimes you'd pay for the pay-per-view and take home the box and then get screwed if they didn't put the pay-per-view on, if they didn't hit the box right. Yep. And then there wasn't nobody there on Sundays to fix it if they did, so you'd just be ass out. So we decided to go ahead and just get the box. That way it was always going to get hit. But anyway... Uh, we turned the cable off to get it turned in. In order to get it put in our name, it had to be off for like a week. That's how ancient cable was back then. And uh, so we had to go a week without cable. We just got this brand new PlayStation for nothing. So we went and rented Metal Gear Solid, the first one. It was on PlayStation 1. And that's all we had on TV for a week, and we would take turns playing it. You know, You know what my favorite part of that game was? I used to love hiding in the box. You know, you'd, you'd put the box on as a disguise. Right. You kind of move through the mm-hmm. corridors. I used to always, like, the guards would always check the box, and I would always get fucked, but it was kind of funny. My, my favorite part was telling Juddy, hey, you're walking in the snow. They can see your footprint. Oh, look, Juddy, there's a fucking video game. And then you see one of them walk over and see a footprint and go, Although- I thought that was cool. But the part that freaked us out, was about 4 o'clock in the morning. We're sitting there playing. He's stoned, and I'm drunk, and we're playing. And the, 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 it reads your memory card to t- tell you what games you've been playing. Oh, that's that. That's oh, the battle. That, that was the battle that you had with, uh, with Mantis that looked like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, and we're sitting there playing, and the commander comes on and goes, don't you think it's time for you guys to go to bed? We had just been talking about how fucking late it was and how we were stupid for still playing this game. And we were like, holy shit, he's talking to us. And then he goes, <laughs> I see you like to play SmackDown versus Raw. What the fuck? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> JSK was like, I'm out. He put out his joint and went to bed. That's when you had to take your, uh, your your control and put it in the second player port. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. That was good times. That freaked him the fuck out. It took him forever to figure out how that was possible. You, you know what the defining moment for me with, with the PlayStation was? I went and bought one. Uh, back in '96, when I guess they've been out for for a little while. I guess they came out in '95, and I went and bought one in '96. Went to Walmart, put down three hundred bucks on it. A week after I bought the motherfucker, they came down a hundred bucks. I was pissed. Took it back oh, yeah. to Walmart and ended up getting the difference and bought a couple games. I rented the first Resident Evil game on PlayStation One. Oh yeah. 
rented yeah. that motherfucker the same day. I took the game back to the rental store, went to Walmart, and bought the fucking game. I was that hooked on Resident Evil. I mean, that to me, you know, when you talk about gaming moments that just stand out. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, you know that is first, truly one. You know the first, uh, when you walk in the mansion and they have all their dialogue? Yes. And then you finally get to control uh, Claire, I think. Don't you control Claire first? Yeah, you, you, you can. Yeah, it's Claire. And then you walk to the left, and you go through that dining room, and then you go up that first set of stairs, and then if you go just enough to the left, it registers that you walked in that room where that zombie cuts to a movie scene where that zombie's chomping on that motherfucker and then turns his head and looks at the camera. Yep. We were playing that at my buddy Scott's house, and I was playing, and there was about ten people in the room watching, and we had all the lights out, and it was a thunderstorm. And as soon as that zombie turned its head and everybody went, oh, my God, it thundered and lightened real loud. Oh, I will never forget that moment for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> you know, Playing that game and that moment and that scene is stuck in my head forever. I, I remember when I first played that, too. I saw the zombie. I killed the motherfucker, shot it in the head. And then I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So I go to the front door. And then you open the front door and the fucking dogs are barking at you, keeping you in the house. And I'm like, oh, this is some cool shit. You know, then you got the one scene where you're in the hallway and you got those fucking hunters coming at you, those big fucking frog looking things that'll fucking do a clothesline and take your goddamn head off. I never saw JSK so scared like a little bitch <laughs> in my entire <laughs> life. But he was stoned to the bejesus and we were playing Resident Evil. Do you remember the part where you've gotten out of the first level and now you're like in the second level? But you have to come back to the first, you have to come back to the mansion. And once you get to that gate, you can see what's chasing you and it's showing everywhere you've been. Yes. Like it's, like it's closing in on you. Yes. He was screaming like a little girl. He threw me the controller and he was screaming like a little girl jumping up on the couch like he was trying to get away from the TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And I was laughing my ass off going, dude, what do you think he's going to do? Jump through and get you? And he was like, oh, no, but that was some scary fucking shit. I'm done with this goddamn game. Uh, just just imagine if he would have been doing that shit nowadays with 3D. That would have been fucking he was epic. Like, he was like, bring me some motherfucking Mario Brothers stat. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> oh, that's some good shit right there. You know, I, I actually downloaded uh, yesterday on the Xbox Arcade. They have the... 1992 X-Men arcade game that was in the arcades, the six-player game that you could play as Wolverine or Dazzler or Cyclops, uh, where it was, was like... Was that the one where you could tag in, tag in and out? Uh, no, you couldn't tag in. It was just, you could have six people playing at one time. It was the side-scrolling, you're fighting Sentinels and uh, fucking Alligator oh, yeah, Man yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that, I know what you're about. that recently just came out this week. Um, I think it's like 800 Microsoft points. And it literally, I mean, they, they made a perfect arcade translation um, from that game. It's, it's so fun. I, I've only played past the first two levels, but, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. You can actually play six people online if you'd like. It really sucks. And you were there for some of this, JJ, at, at the house. Um, I believe it was you that was there. Were you there? We, were, we had just finished playing the first X-Men. Uh, 
I can't think of what it's called. Legends. Yeah, then there was Age of the Apocalypse was next. Yeah, Legends 2 was Age of the Apocalypse, yep. We had just started playing Age of the Apocalypse when he started getting sick. And we never finished it. So I've never finished it. I actually beat that game. But you were at our house when we when we first started playing that. Yep, I was. Because you and I were going back and forth on fucking SmackDown versus Raw 06. Yeah. There's footage of that somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. So, Dara... Thank God we can't, thank God we can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I could find it if I looked. Uh, Dara, is there anything else, man? I don't want to I don't want to keep you on the line. You're not talking, bro. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm just kind of... Overwhelmed here listening to what you guys are saying. It's it's weird. Usually I, I listen to this on the archive and I'm playing whatever, so it's just kind of weird just to hear you guys just tell stories. So I didn't want to interrupt or anything. So oh. <laughs> we said well, we yeah. said as big a dumbasses in, re- in real time as we do on the archive, buddy. <laughs> I know. Don't say it. I know. It's you know entertaining as hell. That's why I'm just sitting back and going, okay, cool. I was gonna let you guys talk. So yeah. I was, uh, cheers, for taking the call anyway, man. And you know, this, if I don't get to talk to you anyway beforehand. You know, happy Christmas, guys, and hope, you know, you have a good one, so. Cheers. You, you too, man. Uh, happy holidays, and uh, and I'll talk to you soon, and uh, I'll be in touch, because we've got some things to uh, to discuss, you know, prior to, obviously, the uh, next set of pay-per-views coming on, so uh, I'll, I'll definitely talk to you more about that in the future. All right, man. All right, I've got another call coming in that has been calling all night. I know who it is. I know he wants to talk, so I'm going to bring him on. One second, Trey. All right, let's go back to the phone lines, 501-588-7957. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Yo, man, it's Trentavious Phoenix, bro. Trent fucking Tavius. You have been calling all night. I'm glad I got to finally get to you. Yeah, man, I've been wanting to rant, man. But after listening to you and Trey Dog, you know, reminisce, bro, it actually got me in a better mood than I would. <laughs> Pope is pimping. You know it, man. I'm always pimping, bro. Pimp you know, not, it's, it's, it's amazing game, to me. Bro. It's amazing to me that not only do we have myself and JJ and Mark the Shark and Harmony and Internet Dave, whoever the fuck that guy is, and Crelly, the fucking foreign kid. You know, we got all these personalities on this network, and our listeners even have personalities where when they call in the fucking chat room starts chanting pope it's true well man oh it's better off than being known as a pothead man so that's true too or drunk as as i've been known all week (laughs) yeah i haven't had a chance to get drunk so this week i'm like i'm gonna go my way to christmas and get drunk i'm gonna ruin everyone's christmas but have you gotten crunk? There's a difference between getting crunk and getting drunk now, man. There's a huge difference between. Well, that. I don't know what the difference is. You got to forgive Trey. He's uh, not white. O- not only is he geographically challenged, but yes, he is white. He's not very culturally uh, aware of things, for for lack of a better term. Well, from what I understand, getting crunk is when you have. A lot of high, you have high energy levels when you're just like bouncing off the walls. That's when, well, that's what getting crunk is. And I think we all know what getting drunk is. So, well, I've been drunk, well, but without kid. cocaine, I can't remember ever being crunk. 
Have you ever had a high energy spell before? Like, oh man, I'm just bouncing off the walls, bro. I can't control myself. I'm just into it. I'm ecstatic. Well, there was that one time I took ecstasy. But we won't talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say, I have an ecstasy story too, but we won't tell that one on the air. Yeah, I, I think those those stories are better left alone. Well, yeah, well, I was in a bad mood about it because of what this SmackDown versus Raw DLC content did to my uh, my my game, pretty much. It reset my roster to default and reset my champions to default also by, for some strange reason. Oh yeah. So I have to go in, you know. I have to go in now and fix all that stuff now, and that's just like I know unnecessary waste of my time. And I don't understand why the DLC did that. There's a, there's a you know, issue on THQ's part, man. That's why that. That's a waste of six ninety nine, and the DLC isn't even all that good for starters. You know, like you said, the legends are fucked up. Like their moves aren't right, and then. What you said about Wade Barrett is true also. And I didn't know David Otunga had his hair cut either. It was like his hair is cut is cut in a different style, but this DLC is screwed up and like you said, man, it's like they it's a half assed attempt by THQ to keep us satisfied and I for one am not happy about it. So I want my six ninety nine back. I hear you, man. What, like you know, what could you do in a situation like that, JJ? Is there a way for the public to get their voice heard? I mean, is it something that you know, as uh, and I, I hate putting you on the spot here, but as as a as a host of a video game show that has worked hand in hand with THQ, is this something you hope gets fixed or swept under the rug, or how how do you approach this? Uh, I think the first step is you know obviously complaining and let them know about it. I mean, uh, the good thing about our sister site, cause.ws, uh, is that they're very hands-on. The forums are very extensive over there. And, uh, you know, there's there's a huge, uh, I can't remember how many pages long it is, probably like 15 or 17 now. But there is uh, like a 15 or 16 page long complaint thread that people are talking about this DLC. So, and the good thing about, cause.ws is that the thq developers like marcus and brian uh do frequent that site because it's it is the most extensive fan site for for cause on the web i mean it is the biggest video game community uh that that really i guess communicates with them on a regular basis so they like to hear the feedback um you know obviously they're not big fans of, of being called out on if something's wrong a lot of times you can't really blame THQ. They are just the, um, they're not the developers. I mean, they're like the production people, but the people that are actually making the game, making Ukes the... Ukes is probably who's involved. Yeah, Ukes yeah, Ukes. Ukes are the ones that actually put the moves in the game that, uh, you know, basically put the game together. They're the game developers. Um, you know, and of course, THQ is the distributor. So a lot of the stuff that goes on with... With Ukes, like Brian Williams didn't even know that the moves that were taken out were still on the disc. That was the problem that TA, that uh, that Ukes had, had you know had pretty much left for them that caused them a lot of issues. Now I, I was not a, a fan of them taking 250 moves out of the game, but I mean the only thing I can suggest is you know go put your thoughts down on the forum over there and they're going to see what you have to say. But they definitely need to 
either have someone who's testing the DLC or checking it out before it releases, but you know, Wade Barrett looks looks really fucked up. I mean, I don't know what it is about him, but he just does not look right. You know, the moves are pretty much not what you would expect aside from the from the torture rack, which looks good. You know, like I said, uh, that was one thing I talked to them about was the running forearm that Lex Luger had back in the, the early 90s as the All-American Lex Luger, and that is not in the game. What they gave you was a clothesline that they want you to think is some type of forearm smash that looks nothing like it. And, again, I'm a stickler for detail, and obviously you are too, Trent. So, I mean, I feel your pain, but really, I mean, the only thing we can do is bitch about it and, you know, tell people not to buy the DLC. I mean, obviously, if you're affecting their their paycheck, if you're affecting their profits, that's the only thing that's really going to make people take notice and say, okay, we got a problem, we need to fix it. Well, I guess I'm going to go to call.ws and uh you know, make a complaint, man, about that, man. But the, you know, like you said, that's the only thing I can do at this moment. Like, they're really going to give me my six ninety nine back if I ask for it. I mean, there there is a guy on that on that forums board named Bringe, who has literally hacked the game. He has a computer program. He has hacked the disc, and on his computer program, he actually has access to all two hundred and fifty moves that they took out of the game. They just did not take them off the disc. And he's actually been tweaking stuff and, and working with it. So, you know, check it out and, and see what you think. But, I mean, the only thing I can tell you to do is, is, you know, have your comments be heard, man. That's the only way we're ever going to get through to them. Did they leave those moves on the disc on purpose or is that an accident? No, it was, it was Ukes' fault because Brian wanted them removed. Uh, the story behind that, to my knowledge, is that Brian wanted uh, certain moves taken out because they were not, they didn't fit the new look, and I think the physics system had something to do with that. A lot of moves were glitchy, so he wanted moves taken out that didn't look to the quality of what they were doing with mocap. And I mean, I was pretty pissed when I got the game and noticed that the moves list had been cut down considerably. You know, I mean, every character on the game pretty much has similar moves because they've cut so many moves out of the game. So, I don't know, man. It is what it is. I, you know, I know THQ works their ass off, you know, getting this game ready. I, I've said it before. I would much rather them take a two-year cycle before they come out with a new game and just fill that two-year cycle in between games with content DLC to keep things going. I, I think that they really need to take more time into putting stuff into the game because every year their development time gets shorter and shorter because they start putting more stuff in. And I really think that with an annual series like that, if you want to make it better than it is, you're going to have to take more time to make the game. And, you know, but with an annual title, you don't do that. It's just like Madden. Every year you get the game, it might have one or two refinements, but it's essentially the same game. And until something drastic happens, that's not going to change. Well, I have one more question for you before I let you go, man. All right. I was playing the DLC the DLC for uh, Red Dead Redemption, you know, the Undead Nightmare, and I came across I've come across a few real strange things, and I don't know if it's supposed to be there or not. Or it's just like random and glitches. Like I've come across like I think it was a freaking uh, unicorn because it looked like it had a horn on it. Yes. Uh, it is a unicorn. Uh, there, there are <laughs> in this DLC pack, which is I, I love this game. Um, 
in the DLC pack, you have mythical creatures. Um, you have the four horses of the apocalypse, war, famine, death, uh, pestilence. You also have Bigfoots in the game, Sasquatch, that you have to kill. Uh, in Mexico, you run across a chupacabra. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've even heard there's a liger in the game. I haven't run across it myself, but... Did you say a what? A liger. You know, a lion and a tiger, a liger. Uh, I, I thought you said something. Never mind. Okay. You a bad motherfucker, man. I thought we were being racist. God damn, Trey. I was like, how could you say that with Trentavious on the phone, the Pope? Man, racism doesn't affect me, bro. I'm a, I'm just as racist as anybody. I make comments that, are, that people think are racist, but I'm not trying to be racist. <laughs> I like just playing around with it just enough to get everybody riled up. I got to tell my friends, I'm not racist. I hate everybody equally. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There you go. And on that note, brother... Have yourself a Merry Christmas. All right, y'all. Y'all have a Merry Christmas, too. Everyone from the Wrestling News Live family have a very Merry Christmas. Don't drink too much. Don't get arrested. I'll see you all in the New Year, if not before. And just to remind everybody, call in the damn Skype line and leave a voicemail so we can put it on the Christmas Craptacular. I'm telling you, tomorrow night at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock Central, when we get ready to start recording this, if there's no messages from you motherfuckers, we're going to say screw y'all and not even do one. All right, everyone. Don't forget to call and leave messages for the Christmas crap spectacular. And like trade, I said, if there's not any messages, they're going to say screw everybody and just go on with their business. That's and right. JJ will gladly take the day off. I'm taking, I'm taking the next week and a half off. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm done with radio till 2011. And a much-needed right, vacation. All right, Trent, man, thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays to you, brother. All right, man. All right, with that said, I do have a couple emails that I want to get to tonight. Uh, unfortunately, the, sen- the sensational Sean was going was gonna to join me on the program tonight, but he had to work, so uh, he did send me an email. So let's go ahead and go to the email sounder and take some emails. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay! Of course you have an email, you idiot! Just read it! I got mail, Trey! I got mail! Yay! Uh, this first one actually comes to us from uh, from Mark the Shark to Carlo, believe it or not. Uh-oh. It's entitled Line of the Night. He was talking about SmackDown tonight. Stryker said this about Vicky Guerrero. She's got the face of Adrian Barbeau and the body of Adrian Adonis. <laughs> bum, 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 nice. That was uh, that's some good shit right there. I'm digging that. <laughs> Leave it to Shark to. Uh... That was old Mike Mishak Nicolo. Yes, I'm actually impressed. He was actually watching the show tonight. He's he's pretty pretty good about that. I guess you got you tired you busting his balls for not watching the shit. I did, I did. You know, he, he kills me, calls me up every day, and he's like, "So how was the show last night?" Well, I'm like, "Motherfucker, if you'd listen, you'd fucking know that you don't have to ask me every day how the show is. It's my show. It's good. 
It's been like that for how long? I, I don't know. I, he kills me with that shit, but he's very uninformed sometimes. But Nominated for show of the year, good motherfucker. That's right. I made him a motherfucking superstar. Made him a motherfucking superstar. All right, let's go to the emails. I got one from the sensational Sean. Hey, JJ, unfortunately for me, work has, been, uh, work has a nasty way of sneaking up on me at the worst possible time. So even though I will not be on the unplugged, the last unplugged of 2010 by Skype, uh, I had to be there in some form or fashion. First off, congratulations on your first year with your own network. We knew Yay. from the beginning that it would be a great success, and it will continue to be that way even throughout 2011. Secondly, no matter what anyone has said or done, you have done an amazing job at crafting and creating amazing shows and absolutely hilarious segments. And definitely some of the greatest interviews. I can only thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this amazing network that's not a network, in quotations, for as long as you did. From the first time at Plugged In to my last full-time show at Unplugged, this hobby that some have called it has been the best thing I have done in a long time. And it's all thanks to you. I got to delve deep into a passion that I call video games and deliver not only the news but also reviews and talk about movies and other things. You have definitely been an amazing friend to not only talk to, but you've been there for me whenever I had a problem, and for that I thank you. You and Trey have helped deliver unto the SNS family and to the Internet an amazing set of shows from Wrestling News Live to Unplugged to even the shows that didn't make it this long, like The Lounge and Pass the Book. JJ, from me to you, thank you. And I'm pretty sure I speak for the entire SNS online family on the archives. However, they listen when I say we are behind you 100%. And we'll always be there if you need us. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And I will see you in 2011. And I will see all of the SNS WNL family from Crelly to Half Mage to Tyrant to even the creator of Concept, Concept himself, in the new year. Merry Christmas to everyone. Peace out. Happy New Year to everyone. And that was from the Sensational Sean. Good email. That was a good email. See, that's what we want for the Christmas Craptacular. When you call in and leave your messages, that's what we want you to do is something like that. Absolutely. And with that said, I think we have, we have come to the end of the last Unplugged of 2010. Going to take a much-needed break for New Year's Eve next week. And it looks like we're going to take a, a break from next week's WNL. Although, if they put the clip together, they put the clips together for the best of show, I will air it in its time slot live. I just won't be on the show. We'll all be here in the chat room. Yeah, we'll be here in the chat. We just won't be doing the show. Yeah. Be- it's going to be pre-recorded and presented to us by some of the guys from WTR. Uh, Rocket Sock, Omega, Mace, I know is working on it. Um, just something cool that, 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 you know, we used to do a lot at the end of the year, and we used to take the last show off, and so we kind of wanted to continue with that tradition. Um, but it will be the best of Wrestling News Live 2010 in uh, its normal time slot for Wrestling News Live, which is Monday nights right after Raw. Same bat channel, same bat time. So just tune in Monday like you would for Wrestling News Live, and you'll hear the best of. Absolutely. And uh, I, I do want to say before I, I sign off here tonight, um, 
I can't stress this enough to each one of you who have either listened on the archive, uh, if you have been here live every week, whether we were on Tuesday, whether it was Friday, um, thank you for showing the support, for giving you know, myself and Trey and everyone on this network love. I mean, I, if you would have told me a year ago that <laughs> I, would, I would own a successful network because that was something I never sought out to do. You know, a lot has happened to me in the last year. You know, we went from, Trey and I both went from having what I thought was a good business relationship over at another place. And the last week of December, we were both let go. We were future endeavored. And, you know, I went back to doing Sunday Night Showdown. Nothing really changed for me, except the website started to get bigger. And then more shows started to come over to Sunday Night Showdown. And it just, it became an impromptu network. And, you know, I mean, hindsight being 2020, I, <laughs> I never thought it was going to go to the level it did. But I can honestly say that, that I'm, I'm glad that we have been able, myself, Trey, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, Harmony, Internet Dave, uh, Sean, everyone who has been involved, and Crelly too, everyone who has been involved this year with this website, with every show on this network, we all appreciate you guys taking your time out and listening to us. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you all. And I promise you, more content is coming. You know, we do this for you guys. So I want you guys to have a happy holiday. Spend it with your family. Enjoy this time. And in 2011, we're back and we're badder than ever. And uh, I love you guys. So happy holidays to you. Have a happy new year. And if if you don't mind, can I say a few things? Go for it, man. You got the floor. I wanted to do this last night. Didn't really get around to it. But then again, what do you expect after about a three and a half hour show? <laughs> <laughs> Not that we ever do that here on Wrestling News Live. It, that's that's um, kind of like Monday, isn't it? We just do that every week. I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to add it to what J.J. was saying, which was perfect, I just want to say, you know, number one, I apologize for, and I'll try not to get emotional here, but I apologize for ever turning my back on a lot of you longtime diehard Wrestling News Live family members and going the way that we did with the other network to begin with. I promised myself I would never do that. I saw dollar signs. And I won't lie to you, it's it's still to this day, I worked for three hours today on ways for JJ and I and some of the other people around the network to try to, to generate a dollar off of the hours that we spend doing this every week. And some of you realize, I don't know that all of you do, but some of you realize, some of you don't, that, you know, the, the show itself is the fun part. The interacting with you in the chat room is the fun part. Being able to answer your phone calls every week and emails, 
you know, you are a family, and if you ever disappear, we worry about you. You know, I like seeing the same names every week in the chat room because that means we're doing our job and entertaining you enough that you're willing to come back week after week. You know, um, but the hardest work we do is when we're off the air and when we're, you know, talking about what we're going to do next. Crelly's trying to line up interviews. I'm trying to line up interviews. And I said this a few weeks ago that it's been easier on me this year than it's ever been because of the excellent people that I've had surrounding me with this network and with especially with my contribution, my, my contribution of Wrestling News Live. I'm able to now just host the show, help program the show with ideas, and more importantly, just promote the show, which is what I need to be out doing. Um, but but there's more, a lot more to it than that. And I spend, and JJ spends, and a lot of the people here spend several hours a day working on these shows between the times that they're on the air. And, you know, a part of me will never forgive myself for trying to generate a buck at the expense of the longtime listener base. And that's something that I'll have to answer to someday with JSK. I think we've made our peace. I hope so. I'll find out someday when I get there. I'm just glad that in a year's time, not even a year really, well, I guess a year, we've gone from being basically radio homeless to on what I consider, and I'll put this up against anybody who wants to debate me, one of the top three most listened to radio shows on the internet. And I've got the numbers to back it up. So if you want to deny me that, you better come prepared. Because if you think I'm an asshole on the air, try to mess with my family on the air, or try to mess with my listeners, and you'll see what kind of an asshole I can really be. I do this for passion. I do this more so for the camaraderie with you, the listeners, and you, the family, than anything else. And it's just good to know that we went from where we were a year ago to where we are now. And none of it, absolutely none of it, would be possible without JJ. And I mean that 1,000% that none of these shows would be on the air, none of these shows would be archived, nothing would go right, and through poor sound quality, and I, I, I'm like I'm like the rest. Of you. And I'll tell you this much: when I turn on a show, if you don't intrigue me within the first ten minutes, or if I feel like you have poor sound quality, or if I feel like you're just a couple of kids with a headset, I will turn you off and I will not give you another chance. JJ on a weekly basis keeps that from happening to us. And I can be as funny as, as, as I can be. I can be as angry as I want to be. I can say what I want to say when I want to say it and draw as much interest and in people into this to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do next. But it wouldn't matter if we didn't sound as good as we do because of the hard work that J.J. puts in while managing 
a family and a wife and a life of his own outside of this network. So, number one props to JJ. Number two, uh, Crilly doing an amazing job. You know, like the rest of us, doesn't get paid, doesn't ask to be paid, just comes to work every day and says, what about this? What about that? I'm throwing this at the wall. Let's see if it sticks. Let's see if we can get these people. Fuck it, we can't get them. The hell with them. You know, and has meant a lot to both myself and JJ this year on the show. Um, another guy that doesn't get enough props would be Ty, Ty Brayton, who handles the website for me on Wrestling News Live. Just like today, I said, I got an idea. I want you to do this. It was up in 10 minutes. That was just another thing I didn't have to worry about while I was doing other things today. Um, and most importantly to me, other than, you know, the above mentioned, is all of you listening. If you weren't here every week, then there'd be no reason for us to continue to be here every week. And I can promise you, from the bottom of my heart, and on the graves of the people that are most close to me in my life, I swear that if it wasn't for you people that listen, and I mean you people as the WNL family, I could have given this up this year and not looked back. I wouldn't have wanted it to end that way, but by the same token, and here we are again, not only going strong, but we went an entire year without taking a single break. No night off because we didn't feel like it. We never mail it in. We give you 150% every week. We're up for show of the year. We've actually been recognized by several other websites that turned out to be more political bullshit than anything else. But at least, hey, we were mentioned. You know, um, it's been an amazing year for the, not only the network, but Wrestling News Live. And like JJ said, if you had told me a year ago that we'd be doing this still without missing an entire week, we'd have a two-hour interview with Kurt Angle that should be interview of the year hands down. We would have an exclusive partnership with Kurt Angle, his new movie, and a newsletter. And that we would be nominated for show of the year for the third time in a row. I would have probably laughed. But to add the interview with JB, to add the interview with Mean Gene Okerlund, Shelly Martinez comes on the show whenever she wants, you know, interviews with ODB, you know, all the interviews that have been done on Unplugged, you know, it's been a hell of a year. And I can promise you this much, JJ and I have about a hundred different ideas to add to the show starting next year. Some of them will blow your mind. Some of them will flop. <laughs> but you get your money's worth, by God, and we are not done yet. If you thought this was a good year, I guarantee you I give you my personal word, which is my bond and my everything. 
We will never charge you. We will never ask you to pay us. And 2011 is going to make 2010 look like our rookie season. And it's going to be all for you guys. So thank you. Amen to that. Amen. Now, I, <laughs> I was reading in the chat room a few minutes ago. Somebody said something about uh, some other network playing some gay-ass Song of the Night stuff. And, you know, on occasion that, that does happen here because my, my taste in music is probably a little different from you guys. But with it being Christmas, I'm going to end this with, uh, and again, you guys, I don't know how you'll feel about this song, but it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Um, so we're going to end the show. And, again, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank Trey. Crowley, get your ass in here for a minute. I'm here now. Hello. I'm not going to do this without you, brother. Like, thank you for everything that you've done this year. You have been awesome. I mean, anytime I have ever needed anything, whether it was, hey, can you get me a show recap? You've done it. I mean, I, I, I couldn't ask for for more from you. I mean, you have been you have been so integral to the growth of, of what we've done this year. And uh, I just I want you to know that from myself and Trey, you are a valued member of this team. Even though I like to give you a hundred times more shit than you deserve, I do it out of love. Yeah, and like, what what way do I do for the network? I do it for you guys. I respect the tattoos. And like I said, I said it earlier in my column on on headlocks. WNLSNS FHTH is one big family. We argue, we bitch, we don't get along, but but at the end of the day, when all is said and done. We come back each and every week and get along. And that's what makes it fun. We are family. And that's what makes it and that's what makes it awesome to be part of this family. Because we all get along. Because we all have great great chemistry. Absolutely we do. And uh on that note, I think it's time we go ahead and get the hell out of here. Oh, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. We're going to see you soon. And somebody asked me a minute ago about Lexi's Corner. It is coming back. In fact, I'm probably going to have a special Christmas craptacular Lexi's Corner tomorrow night. Ooh. Got, got to bring Lexi on the Christmas craptacular. I, I think that's the way to go. So expect more from Lexi's Corner in 2011. If you're a fan of it, don't worry, it's not going anywhere. It'll be back. But on that we have note, a, another question in the chat room that you might want to address because of where we're at this year and what time of year it is, and with all that's going on, um, tell them about the EFED. Uh, yeah, the EFED. Uh, I'm in transition with the EFED right now. I have literally been so busy over the last couple of months that I had initially planned on doing a Survivor Series show. And that kind of fell through, and I thought, okay, I'll push it back to TLC. When I had to have my computer wiped, I lost my editing program. A friend of mine has downloaded it. I just have to go to his house, and I haven't really had time to do that. I've got to go and you know get my external hard drive over there so that I can have it reloaded back on here. So I, I've just, I haven't really had a lot of time with the kids and with all the shows and everything going on. I've just kind of had, had to let it fall to the wayside. Uh, I will be picking it back up. I'm trying to figure out a way to restructure it to where I'm only doing maybe one show a month, maybe a pay-per-view a month, and that's it, rather than do a weekly show or a bi-weekly show because it takes a lot to do what I do, and it takes a lot of time to do it. 
maybe in the new year I might see if I can find someone who can take over the EFED for me on a permanent basis. I don't know. It's just something that I'm trying to figure out a way to do. Initially, I thought about at the first of the year maybe, you know, making the EFED like a like a pay per service thing, but I don't know that I want to do that either. I don't want to feel like I'm jipping anybody and I don't want to, you know, if I can't put 100% into it and give you guys what you're paying for, I don't feel like I should charge you for it. And if I'm not making money on it, I don't feel like, you know, I'm I'm putting so much into it. It's just, you know, it's taking up too much of my time. So I'm really going to be looking at restructuring how I'm going to do it. And any feedback you guys have, I would I would very much appreciate, but I would like to know what your thoughts are on it. But for now, um, hopefully at the first of the year, everything will be back and, you know, we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. Any questions, Trey? No, dude, that pretty much sums it up for me. I got to say everything I wanted to say. Okay. Crelly, any last words? Um, no, just guys, just have a great holiday. Have a happy new year. Get drunk, get crunked, whatever. As long as you will return to the SNS radio network, the WNL family, as long as you will return it in good health. I will see you all in 2011. Get panda, but don't drink and drive. Have a good time. Spend it with your families. And we're going to see you on the other side of 2011. Don't forget, Christmas Craptacular will be up for you guys by Christmas. With that said, we will see you in the chat on Monday for the best of 2010 Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. On behalf of Trey, on behalf of Crelly, on behalf of the Sensational Sean, Harmony Boom Boom Sexay, Internet Dave Standish, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, and you, the WNL SNS family, I'm JJ Sexay, and you've all just been unplugged. Good night, everybody. All our holidays were always such a mess. Oh, yeah. How did you get through it? I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. Next day, you gave it away. This year, to oh my God! Special. did you pick this? Me a Maybe I should sing like way Barrett a whole fucking chorus. I want to hear you do it. I'll do it.
Last Christmas I gave you my heart But the very next day You gave it away Cena This year To save me from tears I'll give it to someone special Like David Otunga But the very next day You gave it away Fucking John Cena with a chair What? What? Last Christmas, what? You gave me my heart, what? 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 The next day you gave it away, what? What? What Stone Cold wasn't good enough for you? What? You had to give it away? What? 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 Give me a Steve Weiser, you dumb son of a bitch. Oh yeah, last Christmas I gave it to Stephanie. Yeah, very next day Vince took it away. Yeah, dig it. Yes, everybody, last Christmas I gave my son Cody my heart, and the very next day he gave it away to his brother Gold Dust, and he wrote a book, and, and he's all dashing, and, and, and he's he doing, he doing the, the, what do you call it? He's doing the one step closer to dashing, and he's shaving his legs and his chest, and I don't know what's going on, but last, last Christmas I gave him a car, and he wrecked it. What the hell? What, the dream does not made of money. The dream gave him a car, and he wrecked it. Oh my goodness. Hey, Last Christmas, the warrior was the WWE champion, and Vince McMahon took it from me because Mars and Venus were not aligned in the right way. <laughs> Merry Christmas, people! Good night, everybody.